0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 67, Hella Bass Bass Fishing Podcast. Today is a good one. We've got elite series professional, Bassmaster Elite Series professional, Brock Mosley. Probably one of the hottest anglers that nobody's really talking about. He's got five top tens in his last seven Bassmaster Elite Series events. So if you don't know him, get to know him because he's not going anywhere. Brock's going to share a ton of great nuggets about fishing chatterbaits and bladed jigs that you're not going to want to miss. And then we got some bonus coverage with Gabe Montgomery, Tin Horse Monty, joining the show at the end of the show. Hope you guys enjoy it. On to the episode. This week, the Hella Bass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right. What's up, Brock? We are live.
1: Hey, man. I appreciate you having me on, dude. Uh, Yeah. Glad you could make
0: time. I was getting nervous with uh, the way that Neely was getting postponed that it was going to be running into the show. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty crazy event, man. Uh that place was man, it was weird. It was just every day it was something different. <laughs> something was changing. And, yeah. Uh, it was, you know, it was kind of fun fishing those lakes like that. That you mm-hmm. know, it was kind of like a puzzle every day. Um the lakes I grew up fishing is kind of like that. Every day's a new day and you kind of got to go out there and kind of just go with it. <laughs>
0: sure what's up darius uh how was the sound and the video i think it's pretty good on my end but if you guys in the chat could just uh let us know and make sure it's good for you guys and we'll keep rolling kind of let if you guys roll in while people are getting built up i just want to thank arsenal fishing for supporting the show and the channel uh shout out to those guys uh there'll be a in a little while i'll put the the, the code down there description for link in there but uh yeah mark says all good uh Thomas Darius sounds like we're all good, so we'll just keep rolling. From one Brock to another, somebody's excited to learn something. So that's a cool name, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Brock Stender's got a nice ring to it. Like I don't know, like sounds like a guitar. Like somebody that's a badass at fishing. I don't know. There's like a lot going on there.
1: (laughs) Cool name.
0: Yeah. Um. I guess I just wanted to like, you know, thanks for coming on, and we'll get into this a little more. But like, I feel like you've been catching them really good for like two or three seasons now, just kind of getting better. And I'm kind of surprised more. I mean, if you watch Bass Live, they talk about Brock, but like I don't feel like you get enough credit like in the Bass media. Like I don't – like why were you not on Bass Talk Live tonight? Or like, you know, I mean you've been on a few podcasts and a few things, but I feel like because you haven't got a win, you've kind of flown under the radar.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) That's something (laughs) I can't really control. Yeah. Yeah. I have had a couple of sponsors uh, complain about it saying, you know, I don't know why you haven't uh, earned more uh, publicity than you have. I mean, uh, like you said, the last couple of years have been really good, um, especially the last uh, two seasons or the last 12 months at least. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but, you know, all I can do is go out there and catch fish and, Work, let the rest of it take care of itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I feel like it's it's gonna happen here pretty soon. You're gonna bust one and then people are gonna be, Oh, where did Brock come from? And then they're gonna look at the stats and go, Oh, he's been here for a while. He's been catching them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a good uh last twelve months. I think I've gotten seven top tens in the last twelve elites. Um, so it's just it's been really good, man. It's yeah. Just, um, real fortunate. A lot of things like this past week, uh day one, I call it uh, one five pounder next to the ramp because I fished close to the ramp on the start my day one because I was boat mm-hmm. 92 and I was like it'd be the only time all day I don't fish behind somebody and literally caught a five pounder so just crazy stuff like that's just kind of been going my way and you know it's just just kind of blessed to kind of be uh sitting where I'm sitting so um We'll just hope we well, keep rolling while the trains are on the tracks because they're going to come off sooner or later.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody hits a little bit of a lull. I mean, like, look at the season John Cruz had last year and things like that, as long as it doesn't become, like, a, a five-year lull and it's only a, you know, a five-tournament lull or something like that.
1: <clears throat> yeah, you know, for uh, as a career standpoint, that's uh, – like, John Cruz, he's a good one to uh, re- refer to because, well, as far as, like, my career goals, I want to be that guy like – like Cruz, who's qualified for like 12, 13, 14 Bassmaster Classics. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive to me. And, and of course, you know, you always want to win uh, a couple of titles, but, you know, I, I look at guys like Swindle. Swindle's never won an elite event, but he's won two angler years. And that's kind of um, type angler I am more so uh, than an actual winner, is. I try to be as consistent as possible. So, um, like I said, it's been a really good 12 months and and uh, I finally feel like I've made it, so to speak. Uh-huh. <laughs> it only took five years to get that way, but uh, we're here and uh, and enjoying every minute of it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Got a quick question from Rob here. Um, coming up, Minnesota, first weeks of June, will it be spawning? If you're up north, probably. If you're down around Minneapolis or south, probably not. Um, they were Actually, I was out on a lake just kind of peeking around, even though our season's not open, and then there were – in some shallow bays, there were bass spawning just starting in Minnesota already, which blows my mind because, like, fish were still spawning at Neely Henry last week, right? I mean, you couldn't see them, but
1: yeah, the you could water, tell by
0: the way they were biting. There was definitely some fish still on beds.
1: Yeah, the water was and, 68 to 70, and you, there was definitely probably a third of the fish still have not spawned yet. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's already spawning up there because I actually had a, a buddy from uh, New York. Uh, actually, my title sponsor from Dakota Lithium said that he was headed to a kayak tournament Saturday, driving through snow to the ramp.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is a small. I mean, this we the one thing about Minnesota, right? We got a few big lakes, but we got a lot of little. You know, this is probably like a 800 acre lake, right? So it can warm up really quick. Um, you know, and it's probably max 20 foot deep. So um, once it start, I mean, once our ice goes and a lot of our lakes, they warm up real quick. But now, if you go to Malax, it's going to be, you know. A couple weeks yet um uh, you go up north it's going to be even longer than that what's up panger yeah i was just saying i don't know if you heard but i was like i'm surprised uh brock hasn't been on btl so um <laughs> this this can be the audition tape and uh, we'll put it in front of jeffries and we'll get him on the show
1: <laughs> yeah i appreciate you guys having me for sure
0: yeah uh yeah if you're north of brainerd i don't know where it'll be but there should be a few fish on beds uh so Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit more about your season. Uh, I definitely want to deep dive chatterbait a little bit, bladed jigs, because I was going through some of the lure galleries of your top 10 and I saw a little bit of consistent theme there. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that some. Uh, I got a list of things I want to cover. I want to ru- you know, run through a bunch of those quick uh, tonight so we don't take you up too time. He's got a couple young kids that, you know, when he's home for a week, he wants to be able to spend some time with his family. So we appreciate you uh, hanging out with us tonight. Um, so you kind of mentioned a little bit early. Uh, you said Neely Henry fish a little bit like your home lakes, and I was kind of looking at—I don't know what's Collinsville's where you're really from originally, but like, what is your home waters? Where did you grow up fishing?
1: Um, right here in, in Collinsville, where I'm from, we have a small 3,500 acre lake. Um, fish, of course, fish there growing up. Fish the Tom Bigby River, which runs from Pickwick mm-hmm. to Mobile. Um, yep. And those are uh tom bigby's really tough fishing man demopolis alabama gainesville man they're just columbus they're just really you know kind of ohio river type fisheries you know where you go fish you may get seven or eight bites a day and you got to capitalize and then once i got you know a little older uh we started going to ross barnett a lot um and uh you know once i got in college um I fish Pickwick a lot. I I, I mm-hmm. stayed on Pickwick a good bit when I was in college. So um, that Pickwick's by far the best fishery uh, close to me, and uh, you know all the rest of them are just real grinder lakes. And it's uh, you know it kind of helps you uh, mentally to fish those grinder lakes because you never fish a tournament where you're like, oh, it's it's extremely tough, but I don't know if I'm gonna catch one or not. Because you know that's what I grew up doing. You fish for five bites, and you if you have a big one. That's just a plus. <laughs> so um Yeah. And Pigwick's not like fishing.
0: super close, right? But three hours from you, maybe or two yeah. hours or
1: Yeah. Um, and then of course we got all the Alabama fisheries real close by. You know, it took me three hours to get home from Neely Henry. Um, you know, Gunnersville, I can be there in three and a half. Uh Wheeler, Wilson, all of those.
0: Nice. Yeah. I know I, I was listening to Panger's recap and he was actually down in Bay Springs or he was <laughs> he was heading your way and I was like, Why would you leave Pick to go fish down there?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's uh Bay Springs, man, it's it's a different one. It it's it's, it's fully it's got a bunch of spotted bass in there. Yeah. And I actually could see it being a player in the in the national professional fishing league when they go there the Pickwick week mm-hmm. in July. I could see Bay Springs being a player in that one.
0: Yeah, at a certain time of year, yeah. Especially if they take off that end right like yeah
1: they're taking off out of the other end but i've also fished uh bfls out of the florence end where mm -hmm. randy haynes ran from florence all the way to bay springs and won a two-day bfl there yeah Yeah. i remember
0: watching one of the flw like series or opens or tours where a couple guys did really well but that was a few years back before pickwick was probably as good as it was right now too so
1: yeah (laughs) it's uh like i said when the, the the National Pro Fishing League goes there. It's going to be in, like, July. And mm-hmm. from Pickwick, all the, all the ledge fish have been out there, you know, a month and a half. And, of course, they bite really good the first week or so they get out there. But then they get pounded on for weeks, yeah. weeks at a time. And it can get really, really stingy and tough. So yeah, I, can I just say Springs being a player.
0: Yeah, I fished the uh, Bass Nation National Championship in November. On Pickwick and you could definitely fish them them fish. You could tell them fish had gotten pretty smart by then.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um the tournaments I've won on Pickwick have all been in October, November. And of course that's back when that's when they start going back shallow again. But um, you know, that's that's usually when the fishing starts picking back up yeah. about November.
0: Hadn't quite it was it was getting there. It hadn't quite yeah. got out there yet. <clears throat> it was too nice out. It hadn't got cold enough yet.
1: Yeah, when it gets cold and those big gizzard shad start heading back up shallow, that's as usually when the big ones show back up.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, do me a favor. If you're watching Facebook, YouTube, hit the like button, share this out. I mean, Brock took some time. Let's get as many eyeballs on Brock tonight as we can. And we'll get into the juice here pretty soon. So if you guys could help me out, that would be awesome and help Brock out as well. You kind of mentioned that, uh, you know, seven top tens in the top 12, the stat I kind of looked up was five in your last seven, right. And outside of, was it uh, a goofy tournament on the St. John's and the other one was like a 30th. Right. So like, <laughs> I mean, outside of, a, you know, and a lot of people stumble at St. John's with the tides and all that weird stuff. So that's, that's not crazy in Florida. So
1: I've always said, as long as we go to St. John's, I'm never going to win hang the a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, it's not a Florida thing. It's St. John's. It just has my number this past year. I actually had a really good practice mm-hmm. and I had the fish hooked up. Um, to do fairly well to make, you know, a check top 50 and get out of there. Um, But, dude, I had such an ugly tournament for whatever reason. I broke two or three off in two days. Hmm. I had several jump off. It was just like, golly, can I not catch a break on this place? (laughs) It has my number for sure.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. But that's the way fishing is. Like, it it makes you appreciate the good times. Um, And so, really, like, when you start in – 2017
1: 2016 your lead uh, series 2016 was my rookie
0: year okay now it's kind of looking back at your stats it kind of seemed like 2018 is when you really started to like turn the corner and like kind of come into your own is there anything that you think is it just like time on the water getting to learn how to fish four-day events seeing some of the venues again what, what would you attribute kind of like your progression starting in
1: 2018 um my rookie year, man, it was, you know, any rookie more times than not, probably ninety percent of rookies come in mm-hmm. and they don't have the sponsor money to cover their entry fees, much and expenses. And it takes a toll on you, man. It makes you fish differently than you mm-hmm. did to get there, and the stresses and pressures of, of being on the elites and getting to where you can tune everything out. I think it everything takes a toll and adds up because you know you've seen other anglers like Bradley Roy and uh James Elam they kind of went through it and all of a sudden it's like a light switch cut on for them too and um you know I guess a little bit of stability you know kind of helps sponsor wise um, I've been with a, just about all my companies for a lengthy time now and grown relationships with them um course, you know having a young family at home uh just all the pressure just kind of take a toll on you. And you finally get to where, you know, even Seth up there went through it. And remember, Seth Seth won that Angle of the Year champion. He actually finished second on the Mississippi River. And then Mm -hmm. the next week, he won that um, Angle of the Year championship. And he hasn't looked back since. And talking with him, I think he even said he was, you know, on his last dime going into that Mississippi River tournament. So um, finances has a lot to do with it, man. And it takes a toll on you. And it re- um, of course, you know, don't come from a whole, you know, a lot of money and all that. So just getting the support that you need, the stability, um, like I said earlier, you know, it took me probably four or five years to feel like I'm actually made it. So, right. um, and now, you know, I'm, you know, just fishing, making all the right decisions on the water and everything's just kind of falling into place.
0: So it's really like, I mean, you see, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's exceptions, right? You got guys like Brian new and a few other guys that come on and, and light things up and like maybe a Patrick Walters, but well, Brian,
1: Brian new, he's, well, yeah he's no
0: rookie. He's an elite series. I mean, yeah, I know, but I'm saying like, he's different. everybody's got a different <laughs> story and I'm not saying he wasn't. Yeah. Was a, yeah. yeah I, I know Brian news history, but I'm saying like for every one of those guys that comes on and as a rookie, whatever, what their background is, there's. 30 guys that struggle for two years or three years and if you can make it through that right then you can kind of get where you need to be to like really fish like you can
1: sometimes i guess absolutely absolutely i mean and then you know you have guys like jordan lee who just come out swinging and uh yeah you know it's just there are a lot of a handful of guys that can do that um but there are a lot of guys it, it takes time and it's when it starts clicking it's like a light bulb and uh, with me and the guys I named, you can go back, look at our careers and just look how it kind of just cut on out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, just been real fortunate the last couple of years, been making a lot of right decisions on the water and things have just been falling into place. Um, you know, I've always been the kind I have to work hard. Um, I do a lot of, you know, I practice, they like to pretty much dark every day, mm-hmm. um, and do all the small things right, retie, change my hooks out, just do everything I can to do my part and let everything else kind of fall into place. So, um, like I said, just kind of everything's been bouncing my way the last uh, year or so.
0: For sure. Um, did you fish in college like Jordan Lee or anything?
1: I fished one year. I fished one year at Ole Miss my last year. I played baseball for three, so I uh, wrapped up doing that. And then, uh, but, man, it's come a long way since uh, we graduated, I think, me and Jordan and uh, several others, Dustin Connell. I think we mm-hmm. all graduated like 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of flying, flown by. But, man, how college fishing has, has exploded over the scene the last few years. Crazy. And actually, during Neely Henry, you know Bass had the high school All-Americans there. Mm-hmm. And actually, where I caught a couple of my good ones the first day, there was one of the high schoolers watching me. And he was asking for advice, and I said, man, go to college, get your education. I said, now you can go to college. And some of these colleges now even pay for all these guys' tuition and expenses. Uh, The guy that bought my boat last year, his boy is at Blue Mountain College on scholarship, and they pay all their hotels and gas money, all their expenses to go to these tournaments. And for the fish on somebody else's dime for a few years, fishing all these new fisheries, I mean, dude, that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. And even the, even the non-private schools, like they still, the clubs, they get pretty good subsidies. They get some extra funding, some gas to help you get to the events. And so it's a pretty sweet deal. I wish I would have had that. I mean, I'm a little older than you, you know, to be able to fish with any kind of help at the college level puts you so far ahead. Even if you're fishing out of a 16 foot John boat, going to these tournaments, even if the, you know, the the school's covering your lodging or kicking you a hundred bucks for gas money, that's huge. Cause like you can, to go out and get that on your own ain't going to happen for, 99% of us, you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah. When I was at Ole Miss, I mean, we were having to sell t-shirts and do mm-hmm. fundraisers to make money to go to these events. And, uh, now you see these colleges. I mean, the guy that, uh, wrap wraps my boat every year. And he said that he wrapped 25 boats for the Auburn fishing team. <laughs> and uh, he said they raised all that money on their own. So, uh, good for them. And, uh, Dude, this just exploded the college fishing scene here in the last five or six years. Yeah.
0: I feel like this is an inside joke question about the county fair, but the Neshoba County Fair. Oh,
1: dude. <laughs> dude, that's, uh, that's something everybody needs to Google. It's like the giant Mississippi house party. Um, <laughs> but, uh, my family, uh, my wife's family has a cabin there and, uh, we definitely uh, – we, we go every year.
0: Nice. We'll, we'll cut loose and, and have some fun. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, so you're in third in AOI. Um, obviously, Seth is having a crazy year. Walters is having a good year. But, I mean, you're having a good year too, right? I mean, you've got four top tens this year. And if you go back to Lake Fork last year, that's five of seven. Um you say that you like to power fish and every top 10 I see you fishing, you've usually got a bait caster in your hand and you're, and you're winding something. It seems like, um, is that, is that, I mean, like, <clears throat> well, what, I mean, power fishing, like, is that your confidence? Have you always been that way? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, um, you know, growing up, like I said, on tough fisheries, one thing I like to do is cover water as fast as I can. I try to run into my bites. I guess you could uh, mm-hmm. say, Um, but it's kind of funny because, you know, my first few years on tour, uh, the only top tens I had actually the first two, uh, second place finishes I had were on smallmouth fisheries with spinning rods and it's kind of turned around the last (laughs) 12 months. (laughs) Um, but you know, I like to cover water. I like to fish as fast as possible. Uh, most of the time I will slow down and flip. I love to flip too. Don't get me wrong, but, um especially like Neely Henry, where it was a grinder, you know, we mm-hmm. were practice was way worse than the tournament for just about everybody that you talk to. And uh, I mean, after practice, we were all thinking if you caught two limits, you're going to get a check. No doubt. And so um, I just like to, like I said, cover water and kind of feel like I'm going to run into my bites, so to speak. And uh, yeah. uh, a lot of, a lot of the, Credit the last few a uh, uh, few tournaments at least have been, you know, I'd like to a chatterbait. I'm a I'm a chatterbait guy, or I, my confidence. It's really a confidence deal. And uh, as you can see there, it, so it's, I kind uh, of
0: mentioned this earlier. I was looking through some top ten galleries, right? So this one is Sabine. No, this is
1: that's going to be last year. That's probably uh, fork. I don't know uh, That could be um, St Lawrence River. Really okay, do. yeah,
0: this was St. Lawrence River. So this is St. Lawrence River. So you'll yeah. notice the bait here on the left. And then this one, you'll notice. This is Lake Fork from last fall. And this was this past week. Neely Henry. <laughs> yeah. And this was Sabine. Yeah. Now, you're, the only thing they showed in the lure gallery at Pickwick was the true bass swim bait. But I think you threw the bladed jig a little bit. On pickwick too didn't you
1: yeah the first day i uh kind of laid off this the deal i was mainly doing and i went practicing and I, I ended up catching one of my i caught one at the end of the day that helped a little bit of largemouth on a chatterbait so i think i've laid in at least one fish on a chatterbait every tournament for the last 12 months nice
0: <laughs> yeah so bo says what's your two best search baits?" so i'd say it's a ch- based on the lure gallery chatterbait and a square bill is that a good guess
1: yeah that's that is and uh you know um of course i always like uh top water like a buzz bait especially Mm -hmm. down here in the south the buzz bait is a great way to cover water and uh locate fish especially in practice but uh the chatterbait is definitely you know my go-to uh confidence bait especially right now Mm -hmm. and you know you wouldn't believe how many questions i get on how i retrieve it and i'm like man i just throw it and reel it (laughs) (laughs) i don't do nothing i don't twitch it i don't do nothing Special. I actually had several questions about it at weigh in uh, this past week by kids, and I'm like, man, I just throw it and reel it (laughs) as simple as you can.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but like, so, I mean, have you been like, is a chatterbait been a confidence bait you for like the last two, three years, or has it been like five or 10 years? Like, how how long have you been on the the chatter wagon bandwagon?
1: It's been a good while. I mean, uh, you know, I can think back to the BFLs I fished uh, 10 years ago, Um, and you know, I guess you could say when I was fishing team tournaments with my dad, he's, my dad is a spinner bait guy. Mm-hmm. He's, that's more than likely what he's going to be throwing. So I like to try to, to throw something a little different and uh, you know, you, you kind of throw the chatterbait a lot of the same stuff you throw, uh, a spinner bait, but even, you know, even more, even more stuff than you would a spinner bait. So, um, that's kind of when I got my confidence with it and, uh, mm-hmm. You know that's one thing I've learned on the Elite Series. Uh, one thing you got to do every tournament is throw something you're, you got confidence in. Because if you're not, if you're throwing something you got confidence, not don't have any confidence in, you're kind of wasting your time.
0: Yeah. So there's a couple questions here. Uh, you ever throw the big, heavy chatterbaits like one three quarter one ounce?
1: A a one ounce. I've I've thrown the three quarter. Uh, a little bit, not a whole lot. Um I actually was fishing some grass on Pitquick in the open a few weeks ago um, in seven, eight foot of water. And I was really just throwing a half ounce. And I could watch it on my live scope. And the reason I didn't swap to a three quarter ounce, because I could watch that half ounce and see how fast it actually does sink on my live scope. Yep. And um, one thing about a three quarter ounce is it would be easier for a bass to come up and spit it out, throw it, because it weighs a little more. So right. I. Uh, the half-ounce is kind of my go-to.
0: Okay. Sure. <laughs> You'll probably catch at least one on the chatterbait about at Gunnersville.
1: I may have one tied on. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be a player, especially if the chatter's spawning. Uh, of course, there's always fish shallow on Gunnersville. Yeah. And, uh, having that grass, definitely be throwing one uh, sooner or later. <laughs> For sure.
0: I'm pretty sure he's saying, "Do you take the skirt off?" But he typed "shirt off." So,
1: <laughs> you no. ever put
0: it naked with like a, a swim bait or a fluke or something like that, or you always go skirted?
1: I always go skirted, uh, and uh, I always go with a Yamamoto zako.
0: I saw a paddle tail in one of those pictures, but
1: well, that was uh, last year when before I was with Yamamoto. Okay, <laughs> and I had to had to use a picture <laughs> with a bait I was i was with so i wouldn't get in trouble
0: ah all right so you're a big zayco guy you like the the uh kind of the the fishtail segmented body which is a proven bait for sure yeah um talk about i mean if you believe this i think it's really important to not throw a boot tail or a bait with a ton of drag what are your thoughts on like why is a zayco such a good bait as somebody that fishes at a ton, like I've, I've tried to hammer it home for other people, but I'd like to hear your perspective.
1: You know, with Zayco, uh, it actually comes in a paddle tail too. Uh, yep. And there's times where I like one over the other, you know, if the water's dirty, like real dirty, I like a mm-hmm. paddle tail cause it slows it down and gives it more vibration, um, through the water. Um, uh, and that's usually the only time I'll use the paddle tail, unless I just want a little bit smaller profile then I'll use that one. But most of the time I'm using the, uh, the swimming or the the regular one like this um just like i said it goes back to a to a confidence thing i just like the way that thing moves in the water it drives it's so much action it just drives the fish nuts
0: yeah and to me right it doesn't have a lot of drag so like this tail will react to the chatterbait it doesn't create its own right so it allows you're not fighting the blade and it doesn't have a lot of drag So if the Chatterbait is going to burn out or kick or hunt or have some kind of secondary action, this isn't going to act like a fletching on an arrow and drag it down. It's going to let the Chatterbait do what it wants to
1: do. Right, right. And uh, like I said, you're able to reel that one a lot quicker too. Um, A lot of that time, you know, I like to burn it kind of, or not burn it, but reel it kind of fast just to kind of get more reaction type strikes. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of the way I roll with it
0: yeah i actually did i have a video coming out next week on the channel where i was comparing a bunch of bladed jigs and uh, i actually threw the googan clickbait and that thing comes up so fast i mean it's just like you have to just painfully crawl it to keep it in the water and i was like i I can't fish this thing like (laughs) you could especially up where i live where the water is clear you can't like a bladed jig you got to burn that thing usually to get bit um when it's really clear. So um, yeah. yeah, speed really matters, you know, and, and adjusting the, the weight and the trailer and that kind of stuff can have a big impact on the chatterbait. Absolutely. Um, a lot of your photos, uh, you're throwing the the jackhammers. Do you experiment or there are there other situations you like other types of bladed jigs
1: or the custom or the elite or. I've grown really fond of the uh, jackhammers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a buddy in California that was hand tying me, uh, bladed jigs for a long time. And then, uh, the head was a little bigger than the jackhammer. Uh, and you know, I, I still have a bunch of his in my boat and, uh, you know, I, I, it's just something about the jackhammer that I like a little bit better. <laughs> I don't know what it is exactly. I can't really put my hand on it. Um, I don't know if it's the hand tied skirts or or the head being a little smaller. Um, There's something that I think keeps the fish hooked up a little better with the uh, with the jackhammer over the homemade ones I was using. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's some good ones out there. Um, I think the custom is really underrated. Like that's like if you if you don't want to spend 17 bucks, that Z-Man custom is really hard to beat. I think. So
1: yeah, um, absolutely.
0: Do you start, like, do you let it, do you count it down? Does it depend on the situation? Um, Do you ever let it drop all the way to the bottom and then reel it in? Like, what kind of stuff, you
1: know? Um, You know, um, it varies wherever I'm at. You know, uh, St. Lawrence last year, I was throwing it around docks, and a lot of docks would have um, two-by-sixes all the way down it um, to a certain point at least, two or three foot on the water. So I would just, you know, either flip it or cast it uh, parallel with that dock, and I would just start reeling when I felt like it got below that, that water line, so to speak mm-hmm. of that, of that wood. And, uh, or like at Pickwick, you know, last week in the open, I was throwing it out there and watching on my live scope till it got down in that deeper grass. Um, cause the grass hadn't grown up to, you know, it was only like a foot off the bottom in seven or eight foot of water. So, uh, different times, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm just fishing shallow, I just cast it and reel it. Or if I'm skipping docks with it, I just, uh around home I just skip it and reel it but uh just kind of varies it's just something you gotta play with as you uh, as you're fishing through each day oh I think one of my kids fell
0: <laughs> oh boy if you gotta go you gotta go no, I can. no they're,
1: good. they're pretty they're pretty tough.
0: <laughs> yeah they're, they're really flexible and bendy at that age so they can't really hurt themselves too bad. Yeah. Uh Logan says do you ever do anything different around wood? To like get the bait to hang up less, or man,
1: I keep my rod tip up. Um, uh, especially if you can uh see it, see it like a limb or lay down, I keep my rod tip up where I can kind of see my bait to make sure it do not get hung up because it will, man. <laughs> it's gonna get hung up, uh, if you throw it around wood a good bit. I mean, that's just part of it, but um, I actually had a co angler one time said, Man, what how you gonna get a fish out of there if you if you hook up? I was like, Well, I'll worry about that when I get a bite First for thing, sure, hit a bite, <laughs> so um. Main thing I do that when I'm around wood is make sure I keep my rod tip up where I can kind of keep an eye visually eye on my bait.
0: Yeah, and I think just really paying attention to your bait, like don't just throw. I mean, like, I mean, like, yeah. really that's try to be in tune with what your bait's doing, and when you start to feel it like come up or like come like being able to like f- work it through versus just like hammering it and not really paying
1: attention. That's absolutely. Um, and the chatter bait around wood is a great way to get bit because to me, I don't think a whole lot of guys throw it around wood and lay downs and stumps and stuff like that, because it will get hung up yeah. guys rather throw a spinner bait or a square bill. So yeah. uh, definitely, definitely like throwing the chatterbait around wood.
0: Yeah. One tip I would say is like play around with trailers too. Um, like, you know, a Zago is a really good bait, but like when it comes over, like because it's got that keel, right. When it hits something, it wants to roll to its side and then chatter
1: yeah.
0: chatterbait. So like, that's more likely your hook's going to roll and hook it try a bait like this. Right. And when it comes over, it's going to plane over. You see how that, like if I drag this over, it just wants to stay flat. If you drag a middle body over a limb, it rolls like immediately. So.
1: And that's one reason why I keep my rod tip up. It don't roll quite as bad. Yeah. If you're coming, say if your rod tip's up, let me see. There we go. And, uh, it's coming upward toward your rod tip. Instead of you had your rod tip down and Mm -hmm. it was coming, like you said, it would roll over. Um, So keeping your rod tip up would uh, keep that from rolling over as bad.
0: Yeah, cool. What's up, Sean? Uh, I think we talked about it. He said the Zeko. I don't know. We're a little behind here. Uh, yeah, the Paddle Tail definitely doesn't let it hunt as much as possible. Um, I think that's my favorite Chatterbait trailer. I like a lot of them. Uh, there is one Paddle Tail that I'll throw, but it's a really small Paddle Tail. It's called the... Uh, arsenal fishing tactical minnow but it's it's barely a paddle tail so like that thing is just flying back there it's not really like kicking like a paddle tail so um i think brock had asked it what mine was as well um the difference between the elite and the custom i'm not 100 sure i think the custom is a tackle warehouse exclusive and i think the elite is like a bass pro exclusive or is available in more places they're very similar i think the elite slightly different skirts, but I think they both have like a similar line tie and and
1: different hooks, I believe.
0: Yeah, so they're slightly different. For whatever reason, I like the custom. I haven't fished the elite much, but it's also a good bait.
1: All
0: right. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I haven't. I bought one Picasso to try Shockblade, but I haven't thrown it yet. Um, I've never
1: tried one either.
0: Jackhammers are not tungsten. (laughs) <laughs> people think they're tungsten there is a japanese version that's tungsten but the ones you buy in the u.s are not tungsten um have you tried the z-man cross-eye chatterbait
1: uh, no i know haven't um i hadn't i i'm man i'm kind of like an old school type person like once i get my confidence in something i don't play <laughs> the
0: whole once you reel off five top tens on the, the the jackhammer you don't really change from the jackhammer
1: Is what uh, he's saying and I haven't even played with the uh the one with the clear lip yet either. The stealth. Um, yeah, I have yeah, stealth. I heard it don't have as much vibration. Uh and I can tell it's a lot smaller. Uh yeah. Blade on to, it.
0: To me in my head, if I'm gonna I'll just throw a swim jig at that point. But
1: this That's is the uh, thing about so- those anglers we're all different.
0: Yeah, uh, so let's get into your rod and reel setup since he's asking about. So what what uh, what type of rod is it? Glass? Is it composite? Super heavy,
1: fast, slow action? Are you fluoro, etc. Rod, reel? A lot of guys like the glass, and 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 like Brett Height, he's like probably the best chatterbaiter there is, and he throws his own glass. I throw mine on composite. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually throw mine on a 7.6 uh, ARC uh, Invoker Series, medium heavy. And sometimes I'll even throw it on a heavy. And reason is um, we got some Cypress Lakes around here. So and, it's right uh, here? Yeah, yeah, okay. 7.6, uh, medium heavy. And uh, like a lot of these Cypress Lakes around here, if you're throwing up to the bank and reeling it past the Cypress Tree um, and one that hits it, It's it's coming to you. And I like a longer rod, sometimes a little stiffer rod to make sure I get that hook uh, uh, penetrated into that fish. But I've always liked a 7.6 for that reason. Now, it's a little difficult when it comes to skipping. um, But a lot of times around shallow cover, that fish is going to eat that bait and come to you or come to deep water. So that's why I like a 7.6 instead of maybe a 7.3 or 7.2. I always throw mine on, on fluoro. Uh, cause I don't want any stretch. Same reason. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that hook penetrates. Now last year at fork, I got to where I was throwing it on 20 pound line, uh, P line, tactical P line mainly because I was catching sixes and sevens around wood right. and lay downs. And you want to make sure that you can, that fish does not break you off. But if I'm up there around up North, um, um, I like 15 if I'm fishing around grass. Now, last year at St. Lawrence, I was having some trouble with zebra mussels, um, which I don't even know if it matters what pound test line you're doing yeah. when it comes to zebra mussels. Um, so, 15 to 20 pound line, that's where I'm at. 15, 17, and
0: 20. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. I like a seven foot, I think it's a seven foot four, seven foot five. Dobbins rod that's got pretty heavy action, but it's got enough tip and kind of a kind of a moderate action. Um yeah, and I throw it, I would say normally 17 pound, but I will bump it up or I will bump it down a little bit. So I'm not saying about you seven to one guy on your reels.
1: I use uh six three uh a okay. lot. Um, like I said, sometimes I will put it on the seven, three to one or even faster early because I'm telling you, um especially during the pandemic, I was fishing a lot of tournaments home. On- on on ross barnett and one thing way i was catching them was running up the river fishing cypress lakes and i'm telling you the the bank would be right behind the cypress tree so you throw it up to the bank bring the cypress tree that fish was grabbing it and coming straight to the boat sure <laughs> so you wanted a fast reel a heavier rod just for those type instances so yeah. um, there's a there's occasions for every type of reel uh for a chatterbait yeah,
0: and that's that longer rod is also nice because like no matter how fast you reel, but if you know, if you got a seven five, seven, six rod and it's out here and you bring it all the way back here, right? You're actually over a seven foot rod, you're actually moving a foot more because it's six inches there and six inches back here, right? So absolutely it, it's surprising how much more line you can move with a seven four or a seven six over a, a six ten or a seven
1: foot. Yeah, and and that's one reason why I just never used a glass, man. I just mm-hmm. Uh, They say it allows the fish to eat it better, but uh, I mean, I've never had a real big issue with fish eating the chatterbait. You know what I'm saying? I think you just need
0: a rod that has a little bit of give and enough tip to let them suck it in. And then you just, I mean, and you got to adjust your mechanics to your rod, right? Like, if you're the kind of guy that's like on pins and needles and it's just going to like go off and like slack line it, you're going to probably miss some fish. But if you can kind of control it and like let them eat it and reel into it and like lean into them it's 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 really matching the rod to your mechanics i think more than anything than just what one person says is the perfect
1: rod yeah absolutely i mean it's it's just it's all about how you fish and I, i've always been real fond of that seven six plus you can throw it if you're fishing like grass fights you can throw it a lot further with sure. a seven six medium heavy
0: and and i like the more graphite or at least graphite composite rods because like up here we're constantly fishing on grass and i feel like when i fit whether it's a crankbait or a chatterbait or a spinnerbait, I have a hard time telling when the grass balls up when I fish grassland. I like to, you know what I mean, like in, in like fishing it through wood and things like that. I feel like the graphite lets you feel what your bait is doing better, so that you can adjust
1: better. Right, absolutely, good point. That's a really good point,
0: uh, Brock. I do throw the menace grub a lot on uh, chatterbaits, and I like that you can fish them two different ways. Like you can like go flat if you want it to come high, and you can vertical if you want it like it's a good option for sure.
1: <clears throat> uh,
0: all right. Um, what other, like just in general, like there's a couple guys that I saw in comments that I get DMs. They're like, man, I just don't catch them on a bladed jig. I don't have any confidence. What are, what are some tips that you have for like, if you're not catching them on chatterbaits, like when to throw it, what you look for,
1: any just like basic tips. You know, one thing that I do uh, to gain confidence in a bait, I'll go to a pond. <laughs> I'll go to a sure. pond. My nose has a bunch of fish in it, and that's the best way to get confidence in a bait is to go catch a bunch of fish, even if it is in a pond. Uh, you'll kind of see how the fish uh, react to the bait and those type deals. Um, you know, to me, it's just all about numbers, Catching catching a bunch of fish on a bait, gaining your confidence, because like I said before, if you don't have confidence in what you're throwing, you're kind of wasting your time. I mean, in a lot of instances.
0: Yeah, that's a good tip. And like, Or just come up where I live and fish. Yeah, where
1: you guys live. I think you can catch like 50 to 100 fish a day. And, and, and if the bass aren't eating
0: like, it, the pike will eat it. So, um,
1: Don't throw $20 jackhammers where you got a bunch of pike, though. <laughs> There's a good tip for you. Yeah, that's true.
0: We did <laughs> yeah. have a day last spring with me and my buddy on the, on the opener. And, like, man, they did a number on jackhammers and thunder crickets that day like we lost a whole bunch of them
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: very cool um i don't know any other nuggets on chatterbaits that we didn't touch on like colors are you i mean like i see a lot of white in your lure galleries like what are your basic colors like if, if you just had to narrow it down what are your favorite colors or go-to's
1: i heard uh gerald swindle say one time there's not but about three different colors in any bait that you need and i kind of agree with that yeah uh, white and chartreuse is one of my favorites um sometimes i like um just white or white and silver like a shad type color um of course green pumpkin and one i've grown fond to the last couple of years or last year or so is this green pumpkin and white one sure and i think i don't know if that's what the one they call beehive delight or what but to me that's got a really good mixture of both and i've co- i've grown really fond of this combo in the last 12 months it's one of my favorites mm-hmm. and uh, it just looks super natural. Just coming through the water.
0: Yeah. It's a bee height something. I think it's one of bee height colors. I don't know which one it is exactly. Yeah,
1: One of them's got a little bit of chartreuse in the skirt too. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's the bee height delight or that one there is. Uh, we, we just call it green pumpkin and white. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm similar. Like, yeah, a bluegill color, a black and blue and some kind of shad or chartreuse shad. Um,
1: Sometime early in the year, when if I'm in some dirty water, I'll throw a black and blue one. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, don't find a whole lot of instances on the road traveling, competing, where I need a black and blue one. Sometimes if we go to Florida, I will, but uh, ma- mainly in Florida, I'm throwing green pumpkin. Yeah, so do you ever play around with uh, that, the fire cry? I actually... Uh, Tied my own skirt up since you couldn't find one earlier this year and i caught a few on pick at pickwick uh practicing for the elite on it and uh that was before the water came up though but uh i have caught a few on it but uh not a whole lot i haven't been able to play with it too much it's more of a cold water type deal
0: yeah cold and dirty water it seems like is um yeah it's it's kind of silly the one i use the one i use is uh it was a prototype zeta dobbins rod which is like <laughs> what was going to come out before they came out with their ecstasy so it's a complete waste of money to be throwing a chatterbait on it but for whatever reason i just like the way that this 754 that never came out throws a chatterbait <laughs> so but if i wasn't throwing that i'd probably be throwing on like a 734 champion or a uh maybe even a sierra because has a slightly moderate action which would be good um somebody was asking about uh, it looks like you dipped the tails on some of those.
1: I, this one, like I said, when you uh, messaged me earlier, I went and grabbed a couple out of the boat. I don't, I, that one is sprayed a little bit. Um, I think it's just, this was laid in my trash pile, so it's kind of, <laughs> kind of hard yeah. to go back. Uh, I do like, if it, if the water's dirty enough, I do like a little dip on the tail, but uh, mostly I just put a white on there if I'm throwing white and chartreuse. Mm-hmm.
0: I think We talked about this earlier. Like for the most part, you keep you keep your chatterbait moving pretty good most of the time, right?
1: Yeah, a lot of them. I'm, a lot of I believe I'm making the fish react, um, or that's in my head. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, and I like to throw a half ounce. Something about a three eighths to me, it, feeling the vibration. It doesn't. It doesn't work or move as good as the half ounce, in my opinion. So sometimes I'm throwing a half ounce and less than a foot of water. So. I am trying to burn it as quick as possible.
0: Sure. Are there other times that you would? I mean, do you ever throw? What's the situation you would throw the three-eighths
1: out? Um, last year at Fork, I, I had a half ounce and a three-eighths tied on, and if I was under a foot and a half, two foot of water fishing the around those stumps and laydowns on Lake Fork, I was throwing the three-eighths instead of the half.
0: Basically, super shallow. Right? Yeah keeping it over grass, keeping it over bushes, things like that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Nice. I definitely
0: probably throw a 3 eighths a little more often, but the half definitely has a, a place in my tackle box. Um,
1: I, I just That's just, you know, personal preference. I like the way the half mm-hmm. uh, moves and hunts a little better uh, than the 3 eighths
0: hey, And you've won a lot more money on a chatterbait than I have, so.
1: <laughs> Man, it's just, just luck sometimes. <laughs>
0: um, I don't know. Seven top – seven out of 12 top tens and five out of seven is not complete luck. I don't think. I mean, like, there might be a couple lucky fish in there, but, like, that wasn't all luck.
1: At Neely Henry, man, I'm just I'm – just, for instance, day one, I just – I told my roommates, I know y'all are going to be pissed because I'm leading the tournament, but I swear I had no idea I could catch that weight. It was just kind of running into them. Yeah, and I actually they, watched – in St. Martin yeah. last year, dude, I, I did that deal just trying to cut a check, and I ended up third place. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I cool. saw
0: you uh, weigh in forage, and I watched the weigh in that day, and you just you had that look on your face like I, I don't know how I got sixteen pounds today, but I did.
1: <laughs> and I know, and I didn't have a marshal uh, on that day, and I was like. Nobody in the world knows I got this kind of bag in my, in my boat. It's kind of You funny. could have
0: entered it in the bass track. They have a way for you to do that, Brock.
1: I know it, but I, I think I was kind of irritated with my dad that day, and I knew it would drive him nuts not to enter it in my bass track. <laughs> so I was like, ah, joke's on you.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, um, do you mess with the – you use the clips the jackhammer comes with? Do you ever play around with anything else?
1: I always use everything it comes with. Now, that's one reason why I don't throw it on braid, because mm-hmm. uh, the clips will open on you. Um yeah. last year, wrangling with some six, seven pounders um, that would get tangled up in the laydowns or stumps, whatever. have you. Um, there were several times where I would uh, find my clip opened. So that's yeah. one thing you need to do is if you're fishing around heavy cover, catching big fish, always check your clip after you take off the fish when you're re so to speak. Just check your clip because it will open up on you.
0: Yeah. Or throw, you know, that Z-Man custom has that like twisted wire tie. So like if you're really fishing around big bass, I think, or braid, and you really want to like, that's a good time to maybe think about it, that style clip. But
1: I've, I've never been a fan of that one. I just, to me, it didn't mm-hmm. have the same vibration. Uh, sure. Just, Per, like I said, that's personal preference. Um, I've always liked the clip better than that uh, one you were showing, just because I feel like it has more vibration. It's
0: definitely different. Um, and I think it's like, it'd be you know, I, I think everyone has its place, right? Like the jackhammer is definitely the gold standard. But I think sometimes when you're like, if you're on the Decatur Flats and everybody's throwing a jackhammer, maybe you could throw out the custom and show them something different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, so,
1: speaking of that, you know, I actually uh, was at one for the open opening pickwick course. We're all around the Kroger Island area where there are yeah. 100 boats. And uh, one of the pros was throwing the original chatterbait. Mm-hmm. And I think he was getting a few more bites than guys throwing a jackhammer. So, you yeah. know, it's one of them things you starts to question, is it the bait? Is that little difference, get more bites, or or what is it?
0: Or like them fish already ate a jackhammer in practice, and they're a little wise to it, and you got to show them something a little different. Yeah, <laughs> So, um, Cool. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer. A couple things. Uh, so you fished the Pickwick. I hope everybody got their questions asked about jackhammer. If you came in late, make sure you watch the replay, because we covered a lot of good stuff. Uh, are you fishing all the central opens or was it just jumping in Pickwick or?
1: Um, I, I jumped in on to, uh, Pickwick had a lot to do with it. Uh, Smith Lake's only a couple hours from the house. Uh, and it kind of worked out because, you know, we don't have any fall tournaments. And now they mm-hmm. postponed Smith to the fall and, uh, give me something to do, man. It's, you know, it's always good to, to spend time on the water. There's no yep. replacement for it. And, uh. Now, in the fall, I have a couple of tournaments to fish to uh, just kind of keep me, you know, in the loop.
0: For sure. Yeah, so you are fishing them all, all the centrals. More than likely. I mean,
1: I think, you know, I'm going to qualify for the Classic through the Elites. um, So, um, I'm probably still going to end up fishing them. Uh, I don't know what to see. See how the watch wide- go <laughs>
0: win Smith Lake, and then somebody on the elite series that's on the bubble can send you a package of steaks or something.
1: Yeah, I don't think i don't know about winning because uh, I think it was one of your Minnesota guys asked me at uh, the gas station that's open at the Pickwick. Said, uh, Are we all fishing for second? I said, No, nope, I got second in the bag, buddy. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> all for first and third,
0: <laughs> that's true. You do have what four
1: seconds now, something yep. like that. Four seconds on the elite.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. I kind of have that same uh, thing in the Minnesota state tournament in Minnesota. I've got like four or five second places by a combined like pound. Like it's crazy, like two day tournament. So like 10 days of fishing, five second places. And it's like about a pound total. (laughs) Yeah,
1: It it sucks. I I can tell you it sucks. So
0: like you're literally like four bites away, probably. I don't know all of them, but like, like four bites from being like, people talking about Brock as being like the most dominant angler in the last two years.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know about that. You know what I'm
0: saying? No. But I mean, if you have four wins, you're literally like in the conversation, you know what I, I mean? Do like, know. I do so know you get I a finished. five pounder in each one of those tournaments. It's like, that's crazy how fine the line is in fishing. Sometimes
1: I do know I finished second twice to Jason Christie.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's decent. I mean, he's caught a
1: few. And once, once the van down,
0: <laughs> so it's, it's good company. I
1: told Jason, I said, next time I'm in the hot seat, I really don't want to see you on stage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Although you, you survived
0: him saying. at Neely, didn't you? Or no. Uh,
1: no, he got me there. He got you at
0: Neely. It was, it was the other person. It was, uh, no, it was Swindle that said he finally... Yeah, that's what it was. But... Um, so I think it's one interesting thing as they were talking about on live is the the blue jersey. So like you go, you go red during the tournament and go blue on Sunday. You're kind of the opposite of the Tiger Woods thing. Maybe tell people, give some people the
1: story. I think it's kind of interesting. Man, as as, as I said before, I, I went to college at Ole Miss and one thing uh, Ole Miss people are big on are their powdered blue jerseys. And they the baseball team only wears them on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had – three top tens last year and uh, new threads does all my jerseys. And I told Sarah from new threads, I said, it'd be kind of cool to have a Jersey just to wear on like Sundays. Um, kind of like tiger woods. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. If you, if you can make enough Sundays where it gets noticed, I was like, yeah, my luck, I'll do it and never make another one. <laughs> um, but, uh, it wasn't in for Palaka. So it came in, uh, the week of Fort Loudon and, since we've had five tournaments, and uh, since since Palaka, since the jerseys come in, we've had five tournaments. I've top ten four of them. So there you go. It may be the jersey, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: but it's more of a marketing deal. I mean, I guess it's it's kind of having a little fun with it, a little different. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't think I would have this kind of success. <laughs> um i was thinking you know maybe one top 10 a year you know that's kind of what i average so, but that's it's cool. been kind of cool
0: so cool so what uh we kind of talked this a little bit in the pre-show but like you can you love gunnersville but yeah. it's not the best fun lake to fish in a tournament when there's going to be 100 elite boats and probably 400 other boats out there but like the what are your thoughts on just the routes to the schedule with gunnersville um obviously you're excited about the classic that's a whole other animal uh and then the northern swing just kind of give us a few minutes on the rest of the season and what your thoughts
1: man gunnersville there's probably going to be a little bit of everything going on there's possibly still going to be some fish on the bed because it's cool down here this week i mean it's uh like today it never got to 70 degrees so there's probably going to still be a a few fish spawning at uh, gunnersville there should be a shad spawn and there probably ought to be by now several groups out deep um so that ought to space the anglers out a good bit mm-hmm. uh, as far as the elite anglers but man anytime you go to gunnersville um it, you got to deal with the local pressure and everybody wants to fish guns well i get it and uh there's a lot of guys out there that will respect you know determined anglers say hey man you're here you can have it but there's also you know just a couple of guys that just they won't give it to you <laughs> and uh like i said Fishing during the Bassmaster Classic last year on Gunnersville, I had to share water with four or five local boats on tournament day. So it's just one of the things you deal with on Gunnersville or any Tennessee River impoundment now, Chickamauga, Pickwick. Um, And that's one reason why I look forward to going to uh, New York. I love Mm -hmm. New York because you'll be fishing St. Lawrence or Champlain and you'll hardly ever see a local boat out there fishing, very rarely. And if they are fishing, they're probably fishing for walleye or perch. So, um, as far as the New York swing, look forward to it every year. Uh, Champlain, my favorite lake in the country. It doesn't get any better. Um, I know it don't have the biggest size of smallmouth as uh, St. Lawrence, but, man, it's just a fun place to fish. It, everybody should go visit Lake Champlain and even St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence can be kind of uh, – stingy at times but right um champlain is just a special special place
0: yeah that's awesome i, I fished like four hours once on champlain and uh the st lawrence but that's definitely on my bucket list um so uh, that's yeah, and so you're fishing the classic. Did you pre-practice Ray Roberts at all? Did you look at it? What What do you think I about did, that lake? I,
1: I went twice uh, before uh, it went off limits the first time in uh, January. What goes off limits usually January first every year, but yep. since they backed it up, they backed up the off limits to April first, I think. But by then we're in our season and uh, didn't get didn't get a chance to go back. But you know, I felt I liked it um, mm-hmm. when I was. You know, preparing for a pre-spawn type classic. Um, now, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a challenge uh, a little bit. There's a lot of timber in it. Uh, timber lakes can be uh, kind of a struggle for some people like me. <laughs> Usually, uh, unless they're on the bank, so um, everything's kind of behind, man. I, I even seen on Lake Fork. There's still some fish spawning, mm-hmm. so you know it'd be kind of interesting. There's uh, I will have you know, almost four full days of practice. So uh, we'll have to get behind the Garmin units and see what we can find.
0: Yeah, it should be fun. Well, cool. Well, we almost, I don't know if we quite hit 100, but we definitely flirted with 100 live viewers tonight. So that's nice. that's pretty cool. Um, appreciate you coming on. I think we tried to say we were going keep to keep you less than an hour. I think I'll probably keep rolling here and uh, answer some questions, interact with the fans and stuff. But uh, I don't want to keep you too long, Brock. Um, appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me.
0: Anything else you want to shout out or mention or before you head out?
1: Man, just appreciate everybody that's been keeping up with me lately. Um, just been kind of, like I said, kind of just being blessed lately, getting my balls, yeah, I've been bouncing my way, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'd like to keep the roll going for, as long as we can before the wheels fall off because they will fall off. It's, yes. uh, it's just, it's been a good year. Um, like I said, I appreciate everybody keeping up with me. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, anytime you guys want to have me on, uh, just hit me up.
0: Yeah. I like Seth, but somebody's got to keep him honest this year, so you got to keep pushing dude. him.
1: I told Seth, uh, I think it was day three uh, before takeoff of Neely Henry. I was like, dude, you're just too good. <laughs> <laughs> you need to chill out just a little bit. Let us all have a chance. Because I think he's beating me by like 60 points, man. And that's that don't sound like a lot, but that's a lot.
0: Yeah especially cause he's like a top 10 machine on Gunnersville, and he's a top 10 machine up North. So like, it's just,
1: yeah, I think that's why I said, I even told Ronnie Moore, uh, headed to take off day four, uh, last, this past week. I said, dude, it's over. <laughs> Seth ain't going to stomp his toe up North. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless
0: he hits a stump and doesn't make it to weigh in or something like I don't. That's about yeah. the only thing that seems I could stop him right now. Although yeah. I picked him this week in fantasy and that might be enough to stop him. I
1: don't know. Yeah. He's uh he's a hammer dude and good for him it's hard
0: not yeah. to like that. So. yeah and uh like i said so brock does a great job on facebook brock Moseley fishing he's pretty same on instagram there's links down below so those are the two best places to follow brock uh and he, he's pretty good about keeping us updated and, and doing stories and things like that so
1: appreciate you guys man
0: all right Thanks have luck. a good one you too man good luck All right. That was an awesome interview. Uh, Brock didn't have all night. Kind of like when we had Brian new on, uh, you know, I didn't want to keep him for the two hour marathon show. Um, So I'll probably hang on for a bit, answer some questions. We can kind of debrief on what we talked about. Um, Yes. Bo Brock is a, is a good fantasy fishing pick. I I think I picked him last week or the week before. Um, Probably should have picked him more this year, to be honest. Um, And I got him on my drain, the lake team for uh, Gunnersville. Um, Lauren, should the classic stay in winter or move to summer? Uh, you know, you know, business reasons. I'm sure it makes the most sense to have it where they have it now, in the early spring, late winter. Obviously, as a northern angler, I would love to see the option to come up to a Champlain or a Mississippi River or something like that. Um, but I'm pretty sure business reasons wise, they have it where they have it. Um, you know, maybe in the summer they'd get more kids to come out to it, but. It used to be in the summer, so I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'd love to see it rotate, to be honest, but I, I just don't think that's in the cards. Um, mm, 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 mm. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff, for sure. So I don't know if we'll have anybody else jump on. I know Jay was on earlier. Uh, he could jump on if you want. If anybody wants to jump on, send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I could invite you to the stream. Otherwise, I'll probably just answer some questions and, and kind of talk about a few things coming up. Um, so if anybody wants any questions, uh, just let them go in the chat, and I'll, and I'll answer some questions tonight. Um, <clears throat> but otherwise, I got a tournament coming up uh, Monday on Lake Vermilion, which I'm pretty excited about. It should be a really good tournament. It should be north of 20 pounds, both brown and green playing up on Vermilion. Uh, so I'll be leaving Friday night, and uh, I'm excited for that tournament. That should be a really good video, win, lose, or draw, coming up from that tournament. <clears throat> um yeah matt i am a floral guy i love i would say 17 pound is my normal sometimes i'll drop down to 15 sometimes i'll bump up to 20 but that that 16 to 17 pound fluorocarbon is mainly what i use for chatterbaits but you know if you had a stiffer rod you could definitely dabble with mono if you've got a super parabolic rod uh you can go braid i do sometimes use braid uh but floral is the normal for my chatterbaits I've got a couple videos about chatterbait trailers and things like that uh, that I have out there on the channel. If you just search chatterbait on my channel. I have fished clear water. It's been a while. It's a pretty interesting lake. It's a really unique lake. Um, It's got some really good reed patches. It's got some really good weed lines. It's got some good docks. It's got some good offshore structure. I think there's some rocks out there. It really has it all. You can kind of do what you like to do out there. It's pretty clean water a lot of the time, um, but I don't know. It kind of really depends on the time of the year, Brock, uh, for tips. But there's there's a lot going on there. One spinning setup for drop shots and Ned head. Um, I like the two power Dobbins rods. I don't know what your budget is, Walt. I'd say my Ned. A lot of times I use my seven hundred two Champion SF. Um, sometimes drop shot I'll use my seven forty two Champion Extreme, but Any of the seven, seven, one, seven, two, seven, three, seven, four, two power Dobbins rods, I think are great. Ned slash drop shot rods. And I those braid to floral, like a 10 to 12 pound braid to a eight pound floral leader is my go to. Thomas says he's waiting on the 1.25 ounce chatterbase come back in stock at Omnia and use your code. I like your plan. It's a good plan, Thomas. Uh, where's the spawn at on Vermilion? I'm not, sh- I- I'm guessing it's pre spawn. Vermilion is like north of Duluth. I don't know where you're from, Carve. Um, but it's like I'm in Minneapolis and it's like three or four hours north of me. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be 90 some percent pre spawn, if not 100 percent pre spawn, but I won't know until I get up there. I've heard the water temps are in the low 50s as of last weekend. <clears throat> um, uh, Yeah. Sometimes the small eyes definitely want it. slow tournament next weekend. Yeah. I guess. And they're going to be on beds. or pretty close to it. Like pre-spawn spawn, reed beds, fishing shallow, maybe going in some of the shallow bays that warm up quicker. I'd really be focusing on the fish that are about to spawn or are spawning next weekend on clear water. Just based on what I'm seeing on the local lakes around here. Oh yeah. Where, are well, my Minnesota peeps and where are you guys going for the opener? Let me know in the chat. Uh, yeah, the replay, uh, there's some good stuff. Brock shared some good nuggets. He's a super good dude. Uh, also have the, the audio podcast out sometime tomorrow if you want to search Hellabass on your favorite uh, you know podcast app. That's also an option if you like to listen to stuff while you're driving or walking or working out. Gull this weekend? I'm guessing pre-spawn. Um, grass flats, reeds, things like that. Uh, depending on what the water's doing. Like, if you want warmer water, you can go up into the shallow part of the upper gull and Nisswa. If you want a little more clear water, you know, you can probably, like, go up into the shallow lakes and throw spinner baits and, and bladed jigs and things like that. And if you want to stay on the main lake, you'll probably throw, like, lipless crankbaits, DT6s, and jerk jerkbaits. Uh, almost never use a wire leader. Uh, not for a long time. Any tips for a very weedy lake from a dock? Try just about everything. I mean, if it's super, super weedy, uh, a frog, a buzz toad, top waters, things like that, a swim jig could be a really good option. Um, that's the kind of stuff. Or like a weightless Senko, rig, Texas rig, not not wacky. Favorite floro, Brock says. Uh, mostly Sunline and Seagar is mainly what I use. <clears throat> My go to is Sunline Sniper and Seagar and Vizix kind of depends on what's on sale, what I get a deal on, what's in stock. That's mostly for my like, my what I would call like dragon, bottom contact, hard hook set type stuff. Uh, for like spinner baits, reaction baits, crank baits, I use a lot of Sunline Assassin and Seagar Red Label. I feel like you don't need the ultra premium <coughs> uh, fluorocarbon for some of that reaction stuff. Yeah, the Assault Bugs. They don't have any handy, but they're a good-looking bait. I haven't got a chance to use them a ton. I've caught some fish on the back of a jig last year, a couple good fish. <clears throat> I think they're going to be good flipping baits. So I'm excited to flip those around in place of a D-bomb in some cases when the foil comes up. Looking to hire some grannies. Uh, when you said that on Instagram Live, it made me think of uh, Billy Madison, TK, when she was like, my back hurts. Well, no, he says, like, my fingers hurt. From doing whatever they were doing in that, that like, and she's like, well, your back's gonna hurt. You, you just pulled yard duty. <laughs> so, those are the grannies, uh, tackle craft needs, uh, to help eyes and hooks on baits. I I don't have any grannies left, TK. Otherwise, uh, but, uh, there's gotta be some closer to you, or there's gonna be some high school kids or some college kids that were tuning in to watch Brock Mosley, uh, down by you. So, hit up TK on Instagram and, uh, work for baits learn from somebody that knows a lot about fishing and hang out with a cool dude and, and help them get some baits together. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, Tim, for sure. And if you're in a place that bass season's is not open, that's a great way to catch crappies and, and catch a whole lot of bass at the same time. Cedar and sugar, those, those lakes are full of bass. That should be fun. Hey, thanks for tuning in, Bo. Good luck in your tourney. Uh, Catch him up. Yeah, Blacks should be a complete zoo this weekend if the wind doesn't blow. Uh, I probably would be uh, (laughs) up there if I didn't have a tournament. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Anybody else's fingers hurt? Don't think so. Uh, So Tim says he'll come help. He's not a granny. He's not a kid, but there you go. Uh, soft row and jigging a chatterbait honestly i that's it's not something i've done a lot i've i'm really mainly fish chatterbaits as a cast and retrieve but it's something i want to do uh this year is is fish some heavier chatterbaits or put the queen tackle switchblade on some of my heavier like three corner ounce bass tech tungsten jigs and fish them deeper so it's not something i've done a lot but it's something that's on my radar to try more this year so report back check in with me later once once that fish get a little deeper here good point sycamore you could just take the crankbaits to the senior center that's that's good out of the box thinking uh my tournament's on vermilion brock yeah good luck hope you catch some tanks in the uh the kayak and you don't get pulled around too much um Yeah, I could see that. There's definitely times. I know I had a video last June with my neighbor, Bill. We were out practicing for a tournament, and they were on some really small bait. You know, was throwing, like, little poppers and things like that, and they were coming up me in the top water. But I think a tiny mini-bladed jig with a tiny little, <clears throat> like you said, Ned Bomb or a little baby fluke or something really small, a little twister tail probably would have lit up those smallies keen on that small bait because the bait was, like, that big. That's a good tip. Uh, nothing wrong with a little shake and bake Sean for sure but uh, yeah so that video should be coming if I get my edit on before I leave I I need to get it done is uh, we'll have a chatterbait comparison video basically the part two of the Guggenbait versus the chatterbait uh, coming out uh, on Monday. So that'd be a good one. We can compare a whole bunch of other chatterbaits too. So it's not, yeah, regardless of what you think of good and baits, I think there'd be a lot of value in what we break down in those bladed jigs, show some swimming action, how they retrieve, the startup, cover a lot of things in the part two of that chatterbait battle video. So I think it'll be a good one. uh So you're finishing up with the youth tournaments. I mean, honestly, uh, if you're not going to college, obviously college fishing is a really good step, but college isn't for everybody. And I don't know that everybody needs to go to college. I'd say join a Bass Nation club. Uh, if you don't know what that is, I can help you find it. But I think getting into a club, you fish with, you know, find a club where you fish with different guys, every tournament or gals, and you fish out of different people's boats. You learn a ton. Uh, you know, some guys are good fishing worms. Some guys are good, you know, fishing topwater. Some guys are good at crankbaits, or fishing jigs, and you, you rotate through all those, Different boaters' boats over a couple seasons and a bunch of different lakes, you learn so much. It's usually a pretty learning environment. <clears throat> it's still competitive, but they're not, you know, they, they like to help people. And uh, you get to go to the state tournament and have a chance to advance. I think that's like really the way to go. And then maybe uh, BFLs as a co angler on top of that if you can swing it. Good luck. Are you fishing the open, Jonathan? If you are, do you have gas for your boat? Because we were talking about that earlier. Does everybody have gas? Um, you're gonna have to watch the video to see what happens, Sean. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, buddy. Yeah, TK's Instagram lives are highly distracting during the day when I'm trying to get work done and edit videos and things, so that's uh, but it's good stuff. <laughs> he brought 25 gallons from Maryland, he's prepared. Well, that's only gonna get you through one day unless you're fishing close to the ramp. There you go. Little mini chatterbait with a Kaitech Easy. That's see the Kaitech Easy Shiner has a really small paddle tail, kind of like that little arsenal tactical minnow. So it's not gonna fight the bait like a like a big like gambler, big easy or something like that. TK, if you're still on. Little Arnold Palmer, based on what we were talking about earlier today. <clears throat> Still 75 people hanging out. There's got to be some questions going on. Um, Other than that, what's coming up? I'm going to do a bunch more rod reviews on the channel. Um, I do a bunch of like rod battle stuff where I compare like two different. rods of like similar actions against like some of my dobbins or similar actions across different series in my lineup to really show like how the action how it bends what i use them for i know i've done my rod and reel arsenal videos in the past but this is going to be like super deep dive on like two different rods and how they compare and and how they stack up so that's if you are into rods i think that'll be good yeah soby was a guest last summer he's hard to pin down he's a busy guy Uh, i've been trying to get him in the boat uh, trying to get him to fish more tournaments, at least one tournament a year with me. Um, you know, so we fished a tournament one time together and we have a video from that. It was pretty cool. And then he was on the live ones, but he's a busy guy, but for sure. So he's a cool dude. It's just an Arnold Palmer, um, light cause I'm healthy. Like we talked about, um, but not, not, there's no, no vodka, no beer. It's just a, just an Arnold Palmer in a can. It's just the, uh, the Arizona tea in a little can instead of those like giant cans. A lake that I'm excited to have a tournament on. Uh, so I'm excited about Vermilion, And then the next one is on big stone on the South Dakota border. And it sounds like most tournaments are 20 to 25 pounds out there to win. So I'm pretty excited about that one. That should be a good one. Uh, yes. I'm going to, I bought some mag drafts just for Vermilion, So we're going to throw them. Yeah, I haven't felt the Sobi series, but they look pretty cool. I was actually going to talk about borrowing some rods uh, from Sobi to do those rod reviews. So post-spawn on Tonka. I know a couple buddies that fish out there a lot, and one of their sneaky things that they love to do is throw a flick shake or a weighted wacky rig on Tonka in the post-spawn. So try that. Um, like if uh, I have one laying around here. I did for a long time because of a video I did. But I got a really good video about how to make your own weighted wacky rig hooks. So try that, Jay. The the chatter bit on the opener right now, because we're going to be like pre-spawn going into spawn. If you can get anywhere around where the new grass is coming up in the flats where you got kind of like sparse. Man, last year on Cedar down by Fairbolt, we had a really good day. Slow reel on that chatterbait through that uh, that grass. Caught a lot of pike. Caught a lot of bass. We had a good day. So it's a good time of year to build confidence. I have no idea. I have so little experience on the big lakes, uh, especially in the spring. So I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, Sean. I, I would just be guessing. Uh, at this point, I'm not fishing the Minnesota Classic. It's not classic. I have never fished it. Um, I don't know. Just never seems to fit in the schedule with everything I' going on for work. But I've been traveling less, and maybe could maybe swing it this year. i would have to find somebody that wanted to fish it. It depends on how post spawn we're talking. Like if we're talking immediate post spawn, I think that flick shake can be sneaky. If we're getting into post-spawn early to summer then yeah milfoil flipping should start to be good yeah definitely spawning on the river right now up by me i saw like if you caught the beginning of the uh interview i saw some fish spawning i took my boat out just goofing around a little bit on uh, a lake by my house on the south side of the cities and i saw largies on beds already so if you go around the minneapolis area there will be fish on beds i don't know if it's like 5% 5% or 30%, but there'll be fish on beds already. Uh, They are definitely spawning in Indiana, Sycamore. I hate to tell you. Definitely. There, it may not be all of them, but there are definitely, or the majority, but there are definitely fish spawning in Indiana already. I promise you. It can, I mean, Brock, it's really good competition. There's a lot of good anglers in it um here's the thing a team trail you're going to fish with one guy and when you first get into fishing you might have some success but you're gonna have tournaments where you are gonna take some lumps and you might have a good fishing partner but how much are you really gonna learn fishing with the same guy all the time i think you join a club where you fish with 10 different guys a year you're gonna learn a whole lot more you fish the bfls as a co-angler you fish with five different guys you're gonna learn a lot ideally can you do both can you fish a team series and as a non-boater that's probably the best of both worlds i mean even if it's just for one or two seasons fishing as a co or fishing as a non-boater in a bass nation club will speed up your learning curve so much i promise you yeah so jj says saw him on pool nine and ten which is north of indiana yeah oh man you should live stream from the floating dinghy sean on Instagram. I would watch that. What's up from Toronto fishing the dot South of Minneapolis. Toronto is South of Minneapolis. Most people don't know that, but what else is coming up? So yeah, I'm excited about the tournament. Um, should be a whole lot of on the water comment content coming out really soon on the channel. So less of these tip videos from here and a whole lot more on the water. And, uh, Got my new GoPro 9 here that I just got. So hopefully this will be a nice upgrade on the audio, in the video, in the video. So investing in the channel. So many of you guys hanging out. I thought it was time to invest in the channel to bring you guys a higher quality. Brock, it really depends on the lake and um, what you're comfortable doing. You kind of want to be fishing where the majority of the fish are, I guess. So right now, Mm. if you go out this weekend, you'd probably be better off fishing for pre-spawn because I'm guessing that's where the majority of the fish are. But in a week or two, probably spawn. You know, if you're a decent bed fisherman, if you're okay at it, it'll probably be one bed fishing. Um, But then in a month or now, you're probably going to be better off fishing for post-spawn fish because that's probably where most of the fish are going to be. Yeah, we already had one tourney video. I don't know if you saw it, Brock. It wasn't the greatest uh tournament performance, but we had a tourney video just this past week. You want to see a mag draft catch? Uh go watch my Smith Mountain video from mid-March. I got some mag draft catches in that video. So, Rob, go back a couple videos and check that out. Why GoPro over Tacticam? I don't know. I just always had GoPros. Um, I've never really looked at the Tacticam. Why Tacticam over GoPro, in your opinion, Sean? Let me know. What am I missing out on? We could maybe do something like that. We could do some some randoms. Some challenge videos. Some back of the boat. If somebody's interested, I know Matt, you've mentioned that in comments, but Maybe send me a DM so I have your comment or your uh, con- ugh, contact info. We could probably do something like that. At this time, I'm not fishing Thursday night tournaments. My kids' sports schedule is so crazy with my day job. And then trying to come home and get all their sports stuff done, it's just hard to commit to a league in the evenings. If I could just fish one or two, but most of those leagues require you to fish every night. Uh, maybe the, the prior one's a little different. That's a good question. Um, I know Greg Blanchard was on the Serious Angler podcast, but I don't think it was live. I'm just not in tune with the kayak scene, but I, I definitely know who he is. I could have been a co. Man. Yeah, that'd definitely be cool to do. I mean, the thing is, like, here's the one thing that keeps this Tricky, right? Like, I got two kids that are super active. They're 10 or be almost 11 and 13. They're both multi sport athletes. They both play sports year round. Like, a lot of times between their like tournaments and practices, like, sometimes I don't decide I'm going fishing until 10 o'clock the night before. So, it's not often that I know what I'm doing. I basically don't know what I'm doing for lunch tomorrow or dinner the next night. I, outside of tournaments, I really don't plan my fishing trips a ton. So, I would definitely have to work to get some things set up and really figure out when I have free time. Cause a lot of times I just like, Oh man, practice got canceled today. Boom. I went to the lake or, Oh man, I got my yard work done. Boom. I went to the lake. Like a lot of times. uh, So that's the tough part about doing, you know, like these, you know, random subscriber viewer, watcher type things is just my schedule. So hectic, not that I don't want to do it, but I'm not trying to make excuses, but that's like the main thing that keeps that from happening or making it easy uh i've used the nine one day uh one of my cards it kept on giving me sd cards giving me an error but when i switched the sd cards it went away so so far and the footage i thought which in the video that'll be coming out i liked so so far so good but obviously small sample size Darius. <clears throat> best ned head best shaky head mm, i mean i don't know what the best one is um i'm partial to the bastec uh, so the shaky head that I use, Walt, is this Bass Tech tungsten shaky head. This is an eighth ounce, which is a really small head. It has a slightly football shape to it, you can see that. And then just got that simple barb. I like these over the spring version. Uh, I use this as for jigworms. I use this for shaky heads. I use this for, like, kitex. It's kind of an all-purpose uh, jig head for me. I'll use this for stupid tubes. That's kind of my shaky head choice. And then... My Ned of choice, which these are available at Tackle Warehouse or at the Tungsten Jigs Bass Tech website. Um, My Ned of choice is also Bass Tech Tungsten. And I like these weedless ones because I can always cut the weed guard off, right? If you need a weed guard, it's really hard to put a weed guard on a Ned when you're out in the boat. But if you buy them with the weed guard, they're easy to snip off or bend out of the way or get rid of or break off. Um... And this has just got a really nice 2 aught hook in it. It's really strong. I caught like a high 40-inch musky last year. I'm a lax on this. No issues. So, I don't know. A lot of heads, in my opinion, need a better hook. And this is a really good one. You can find these at both Tackle Warehouse and Omnia Fishing. Well, so those, those are my two favorites. I don't know if you'd like them, but those are the ones I like. Yes, Tim. Fishing as a non-boater is, I really think, for young people that's a good way to go oh, i appreciate it sean i might be older than you think uh i feel you we got i got travel soccer i've got my one kid does competitive gymnastics and travel soccer and then my youngest does travel hockey and plays on two different teams Look at that. You're like famous now, TK. The Minnesota Lake Finder is an amazing tool for sure. My site is out of 8th. Uh, I think all my inventory is... Oh, here's a pack of eight. I might have like a couple packs. JJ, send me a text or a DM and I'll see what I can scrounge up. But I don't have many, but I might have a few. Otherwise, Taco Warehouse might have some. Yes, just shoot me a text or a Facebook message, JJ. Cool. Well, buzzbait or wake bait? I, honestly, I don't throw a ton of either, but I definitely throw a lot more buzzbait than wake bait. I don't know that I've ever caught a fish on a wake bait. I've caught fish on a depth buzz jet, but that's more of a prop bait, in my opinion. Um, I've caught more fish on a buzzbait. I think the buzzbait is a more, I mean, a wake bait has its time. But it's a to me a pretty niche bait. I think a buzz bait is more versatile in more situations. Um well, get out while you can, Matt. Get out while you can. <laughs> uh, they don't? I just shipped them out. A- ton. So either they haven't loaded them up which because they're behind, or they sold out super fast. Yeah. Definitely there are times for a wake bait. It's not something I do a lot of. I don't know. Maybe I'd see you at a a meet sometime. (laughs) I'd be the guy on the the really slick visor at a gymnastics meet—I'm pretty easy to pick out. <clears throat> wow, seventy-one people still hanging out here just to watch me ramble and answer questions.
1: <clears throat>
0: what? Uh, what else you guys want to talk about? Might bring this up to Vermilion. Play around with that. Let's see. I'm on board with this, TK. Buzz over wake. I think it's more times than not a buzz bait is going to catch more fish. I told you, JJ, I just shipped them a bun. JJ said they are now in stock at Tackle Warehouse. Tackle Warehouse is now. So I've started. Bass Tech has now started getting orders from the Georgia Distribution Center for Tackle Warehouse. So they're about to start stocking and shipping stuff from Georgia. So. TK, I know you don't buy a lot of tackle, but like people who live down by you are going to start getting their tackle warehouse stuff a whole lot faster because it's going to start shipping from Georgia. Had a boy Brock, doing your homework. You're late. We talked about the bladed jigs. You're going to have to watch the replay, Brian. Brock already dumped all the goods. We've, we've beat that horse to a pulp. What's what's going on at Kentucky Lake, Darius? She's still catching those smallies. Are they on beds? Are they finishing up? What's the report from Kentucky Lake, Darius? What 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 what's the water temp? What are the fish doing at Kentucky? Uh, no. I I mean, every visor I have is a signature visor because I've made every one of them. Um, but I'm sure we could work something out with Arsenal or Omnia if you order their hat you put in the notes, I could probably go cut it off for you, um, before they send it to you. Mm. At Fleet Farm. Interesting. I didn't see those at the Lakeville Fleet Farm. My favorite YouTube channel to watch. Are we talking fishing or not fishing, TK? Um, I've been watching like, non-fishing. We talked about this when I had uh, Brian on a couple weeks ago. I watch a lot of cooking stuff. I like to watch like Sam the Cooking Guy. <laughs> uh, favorite fishing channels. I like to watch Sobey's channel. I watched a fair amount of BTL. Um, I like like Brad Holman. I like his stuff. Hmm, I'm trying to think. Matt Stefan has some good videos that I've been kind of peeking at. There's a few out there. There's a handful that I like to watch. Uh, Smallmouth are about done. 67 to 68 degrees. Um, Well, Minnesota does have the catch and release season for bass now, so we can go out and fish bass. But up at Vermilion, they're above the line. So I'm actually having a tournament up on Vermilion this weekend where we can actually catch them and weigh them. So... I don't know, Eric, do you think that hump would have any pre-spawn fish on it? You know what I'm talking about. That's one thing Bastec has never done. We've never done any like hats or visors just because you have to buy them, and I've just never gotten into that deal. Um <laughs> you hate Sam the cooking guy, or you hate Sam Soby? Oh food looks good. the looking. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, th- I think he's uh I suppose I could see where he could be a little annoying. There's another one. Yeah, I don't know. No. Collanders are offensive. You know that. And if you like uh oh, what's this going on? We got a surprise guest. No tactical throwing shade uh yeah that's awesome
2: what's up gabe hey dude not much man just chilling well, you what said you, you were fish, fishing the night yeah i just got back about uh 30 minutes ago Unloaded nice. the boat washed my hands and said good night to the kids and uh here i am man <laughs> Great. Great. yeah i got to go fishing twice today it was kind of cool i me and my wife left the house about nine o'clock. We dropped the kids off, left the house about nine o'clock and got on mm-hmm. the water about 10, Fished till about noon and went to a winery, got back about 230, picked up the kids. And um, I said, hey, do you mind if I go back over there? And she's like, sure, because I got on a I got on a six XD bite, man. So Ooh. I was all stoked to go over there and try to run that pattern
0: like pre-spawn or post-spawn.
2: A little bit of both, but mostly post spawn.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was fun. So that's Southern Illinois fish all three stages right now.
2: They they really are. Yeah, a lot of them are finished, but there's there's another wave that's going to be moving in here before too long.
0: Write this down for your fishing report for tomorrow night. Uh, Water temp on Kentucky Lake sixty seven to sixty eight degrees. Smallmouth are mostly done. A lot of smallies and largies showing up on the ledges in main lake already. Okay. From from Darius.
2: Appreciate that, Darius. Yeah, those smallmouth down there, man, they've really made a comeback. Very impressive. Um, I don't know if you saw the any of the live stream we did Monday with Menendez, but he was just talking about how um, how the, the smallmouth are so healthy down there. You know, there's a lot of, like, four- and five-pound smallies in mm-hmm. Kentucky Lake right now, and he – He was talking about back when he was like back in the 80s, early 80s. They used to have like four and a half to six pound spots in Kentucky Lake, which I wasn't aware of that. I mean, I knew there were always some spots in there, but I didn't Mm -hmm. know they had Mm -hmm. that big of, you know, spotted bass in there. So he's kind of hoping they start making a comeback as well. Nice. Yeah, that's right, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) They opened at 11, man. You know, I gave him an extra hour. That's a fun day. You know, you go fish for a couple hours, and then you go have a beer and a and a burger, and just sit outside in the sun and chill. I mean, the only thing that was missing was a live band, but it was it was a good time.
0: Yeah, he's kind of down by Carbondale.
2: Yeah, well, actually, Rich, I live in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And, That's right. But like- um, so I'm about an hour from Carbondale, and most of those lakes that I fish are over in the Carbondale area. There's yeah. there's several real good lakes. You got Kincaid, you got Lake of Egypt, you've got um cedar, a little grassy. There's probably six or seven or eight, you know, lakes over there. The biggest one's like 8,000, which is crab orchard, but Mm -hmm. most of them are less than 3,000 acres. And, you know, some of them are 10 horsepower limits. There's actually a little bit north of Carbondale, the town of Marion. There's a bunch more like 10 horsepower lakes up there and they're, they're jewels. I mean, they got some really good fish in them. Yeah. Um, I got on a really good chug bug bite I brought a couple rods here (laughs) it's kind of the kind of a little sneaky bait that not a lot of people fish anymore Mm -hmm. is the old storm chug bug and uh you know I my buddy of mine Dave he he's a he's a storm as a chug bug guy and he's been whacking them on on Mm -hmm. this thing the last couple months or last couple weeks actually and I went and dug them out because I don't you know I usually go to a, a popper you know, some just a pop-ar of some sort, um, KVD splash or something, and mm-hmm. or I'm a Zara like a Zara spook or some kind of walking bait. But I got this thing out, and I have had two really stellar days on it, and a couple days where I've still caught a few fish on it. And so, if you guys don't have the old chug bug in your arsenal, pick up a couple of them. This is like the baby bass color. They actually I got this from Walmart, they sell this color at Walmart. They didn't have it on Tackle Warehouse, but they got it at Walmart. Go figure. But it's a it's a kind of a unique bait. It's a lot longer than a pop bar you know, obviously. But it you can you can chug it, you can pop it and you can walk it. It walks really easy. It chugs really good. And it's just a, it, it it's interesting because it float It sits tail down in the water. So a lot of your bites are just um, they just kind of seem to come up and just kind of suck it in. You don't get the the typical big explosions like you do with a, with a spook or something, they just kind of, they just kind of suck it in from the bottom, pull it down and and you got them and 40 pound braid. You know, I use a snap. Some people don't like a snap. Some people do. I've never broke pull, have this thing open up on me. So I'm really confident in a snap and it allows me to just to switch baits out a lot faster. Like the day, the day that I caught them on this, I, I had a spook on first and About my second or third cast I had one blow up on the spook and I just kept going down the bank throwing that spook throwing that spook and like 20 minutes later I had not had a sniff on it and it just it felt right it was like overcast day there's a light breeze and you know I figured there had there's there's fish cruising there just has to be it was just it's that time of year and that kind of day and so I you know I reached in quickly and unsnapped the spook put this chug bug on there and went to work and, um, so snap something that I use on all, you know, pretty much all my, uh, treble hook baits and then 40 pound braid. And I've just thrown a seven foot medium heavy rod. You know, I kind of learned, I-, I missed several fish. And this is something that you have to remember when you're fishing with braid is you need a little bit lighter action rod. The rod that I have right now is actually a little bit too heavy for that braid because there's no stretch and you'll pull You know, if you, if you set hard, you'll just pull that bait right out of them. So you either got to have, you got to, you got to have a lot of patience on the hook set and just kind of pull into them or you need to downplay your, your rod action, or you're going to, you know, you're going to pull that hook out of the fish's mouth. So that was a fun day. That's a chug bug, you know, so it's kind of, I feel like that's underutilized and you don't hear a lot of people talking about it, but it's still very deadly bait. Totally agree. I'm more of a yellow magic
0: guy when it comes to poppers. Um, is like Barkley full, Daryl, like yellow flower full. <laughs> but I think I, when you talk about it, like I think like the storm's almost like the, the precursor to the, the gunfish.
2: Yep, it is. It's got that it's got similar look to it, similar, you know, similar action. Um I think Kentucky likes three right at 359, but they were pulling 359's full the summer pool. I think they've got it down to like 358 and some change. You know I th- they're they're trying to keep it down a little bit, uh, just in case we do get some more rain. But three three sixty is that magic number when it gets up in the bushes. And um, at three fifty nine and some change, you can still you still got some water in the bushes, those those shallower bushes. Um, maybe down south, you know those those uh, there'll be some bushes down there. But three sixty is when you hear three sixty, you know the waters in the bushes, and it's going to be pretty good. That's right, punch, fish, and chug, but rules.
1: <clears throat>
2: I like it, man. I'm, yeah,
0: so it's how, cool. like, it's like uh, go ahead. I was saying like, Sean's in Chicago. Like, how far? How many hours is that? Like, four hours north of hour you? It's about five. Five yeah. and some change. Yeah.
2: Jesse says he's in Cooter, Missouri. You know that? Cooter, based? Missouri. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know where Cooter's at. Uh, how far away from Duck Creek are you? Um, I'm about an hour from Duck Creek. I, I think that's down in your neck of the woods. So I I didn't get a chance to see um to see your guest. You guys n- jumped in the Chatterbaits, I guess. Yeah,
0: we we kind of talked about how he's been crushing it, and how he's probably not getting the the headlines he deserves. Like, I mean, we like five top tens in his last seven, and seven out of his last twelve Elite Series tournaments he's had top tens. That's pretty stout. And like, he hasn't been on BTL. He hasn't been on Ike Live. He has you know what I mean, like. Uh, so, I mean, and then we, so we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of how he got started and his first couple seasons being a rookie and what that's like and, you know, having to worry about bills and, you know, all that kind of stuff and fishing and, and kind of finding your way. Right. Mm-hmm. And kind of his recent success. And then we kind of talked about, you know, a few other things we talked we did deep dive on chatterbait, bladed jigs. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a few other things we kind of keep it to an hour. He's got two young kids and, it was a good show. I think the guys really enjoyed it. We had probably around 90 live at the, at the peak. So it was good.
2: Nice. Yeah. I'll I'll check out the replay tomorrow for sure. Um, so what, what did he say? Some of his favorite trailers were like his top two or something. Did he, I'm sure you talked about that exclusively Zayco. Like like, Zayco. Okay. It's, there's so many different choices on that. You know, you talked to a lot of people say like, uh, A Z crawl, you know, a Z crawl is one that I like quite a bit. Um, You know, a a little, a little dipper, a rage crawl. I mean, you can put, you know how it is, man. You can put just about anything on there. And I think it's, I think it's whatever you start getting confidence in. You're just going to kind of stick with it. So whatever that happens to be.
0: The biggest thing is,
2: is uh, not
0: something with like, I don't think you want like a crazy legs trigger crawl or something like that just has like, a ton, right? You don't want it doing too much back there, right? Um, <clears throat> or too bulky where it's going to drag the chatterbait because if, if you're too much drag on your chatterbait is not going to allow it to hunt or kick the way you want it to. So, more less is more than a chatterbait trailer. A little <clears throat> bit is okay, but too much is bad. Um, I, I do like things like a, a menace scrub or I was kind of showing the adrenaline craw earlier, right? Like Something you can rig horizontally or vertically on the hook, give me some options. And I was showing earlier, like how a flat trailer like this will come over a limb and not roll. Whereas, like a, uh, I have one here, a Zaco, right, with a keel, with a belly, right, you pull that over, and the first thing it does is roll on its side and try to like dig into a limb. So
2: that thing, that's a huge dip. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I throw a rage crawl a lot on a chatterbait <laughs> it kind of goes against what you were just saying but yeah it it works I mean, it works around here i tend i would probably throw the baby more than the regular one but uh, yeah yeah
0: i like a little mono leader on my stuff like for top water like a 12 to 18 inch monoliter. leader more so just to keep it out of the hooks than the stretch but
2: yeah you know i don't have a problem with that as far as my walking baits, straight to braid, I haven't really had a problem. Now, if I'm throwing a prop bait or something with a little spinner on it, that's definitely a no-go with a uh, with straight braid. But um, it's kind of like – I've got a couple other topwater rods, but they're for – I don't know. My jerkbait topwater rod, I had a jerkbait on it that day, and I don't know. I just got to – I need to get another rod, or I need to just decide what I'm going to be fishing with. And Don't not you have, like, to... 30 rods already, and you say you need more rods? Yeah, exactly. I know. It's ridiculous. Um,
0: Kyle, I think a sweet beaver could be an okay trailer. It doesn't have a lot of action. I wouldn't use a spicy beaver or a – uh, what's the other one? What's kinky. The, really, the kinky. I wouldn't use a kinky or a spicy, but I would use a regular beaver. may not be my first choice, but it would be all right.
2: Yeah, Jesse lives 90 minutes from Duck Creek. Great fishing over there. Yeah, you know, I've been wanting to go down there and do a video um, for you guys that are on here don't know. I've got a YouTube channel and I do a lot of, basically most of my stuff's from this area. I've got some Table Rock stuff and some Lake of the Ozarks and Kentucky Lake, but I do most of my fishing within, you know, an hour to hour and a half of Cape. And Duck Creek is a, is a lake that I haven't been to in probably been a year. I've got a couple of videos from down there, but the thing with Duck Creek is it's flat. So once you get, a little bit south. Some people have been talking about the, the Spunk Shad in the chat, so I thought I would. Yeah, man, I haven't a little thrown that. Bait I've, flex. I've heard a lot. Have you thrown that yet? Nope.
0: I just picked some up this year, but it was okay. a recent video on one of my top five baits that I'll be trying on Bladed Jigs this year.
2: Cool. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it works out. I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. But Duck Creek's flat down there. So it's basically it's a big rectangle. It's got lily pads, all kinds of grass in it, and, and cypress trees. And when the wind blows more than 10 miles an hour, you just, it's a pain in the butt to get on there. There's there's no points. There's no way to get out of the wind. So we've been having a lot of wind lately, and I haven't had a day, li- a day line up with no wind where I can go down there and, and get do some fishing on there. But it's a good lake. Really so you good say leg. you throw a crow a little bit, right?
1: hmm
0: Do you always rig it like this, or do you ever rig it in line with the hook and turn it?
2: I've done it you both know? ways typically you know it's flat for the most part you know um because you know i i'm, I'm fishing that chatterbait i don't usually fish it deeper than i don't know like it seems like it's six seven foot you know depending on how deep the grass is growing on the lakes that i'm in um and you know if you turn sideways you're going to get it down there a little bit deeper but yeah. so like jesse if you want a z craw and you want to get
0: deeper turn it that way with the hook yep give it a little more of like a bluegill profile with the tail Try that, Jesse.
2: Yep, you lose that lift when you turn it sideways.
0: Same thing with like a menace scrub. I mean, you can do it with a lot of things. Rage, cross, things like that. Yeah, so when'd you, when did you uh, – you got any tournaments coming up, Rich? This uh, Monday, the 17th, I got a derby. Really? <laughs> yeah. Where at? Uh, Lake Vermilion, which is up northern Minnesota. Um, so it's like – Four hours north of me. <laughs> Jeez. But, uh, so I had one in Mississippi like three weeks ago. But uh, shout out to Grad84. Thank you for the super chat. Much appreciated. Thank you, buddy. Uh, not needed, but uh, always
2: appreciated. Thank you so much. Glad you enjoy the show. Dropping $20, man. That's very generous. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I see somebody said the split tail spinnerbait trailer would be good. You know, a fluke's another good one. Just a just, just a so, regular old fluke, man.
0: A fluke. Um I mean, there's so many good ones. I have like several videos about like uh, good trailers, right? I mean, you've got like the yeah, the Zeko, you know, you got the Z-man version, which is the the Razor Shad. Yeah, the Razor Shad. You know, uh, a Fluke uh You know, the Arsenal Tactical Minnow, I'm going to try the Adrenaline Craw, which is kind of similar to a, the Z-Man, or the, the, the Z-Craw, a, a Speed Craw, a Menace Scrub, uh, you know, there's just a ton. Um, yeah,
2: a Little Dipper, I throw a Little Dipper on there a lot, um, yeah. you know, like a White Jackhammer with a Little Dipper, it's pretty good yeah. bait.
0: Yeah, that's probably not, you know, it's got a small, the Little Dipper, you know, the Big Dipper probably has a little too much Paddle Tail, so I'm, It'd be a real niche situation where I'd throw a big paddle tail, but a little one is is definitely okay. Yeah, TK's probably got that glitter all over him, Kyle, for sure.
2: I see Jason was talking about co England is an awesome way to learn. It, it really is. Um, you know, getting in a bass club is a great way to learn, and then if you want to move up to the next level, fishing the BFLs or um, even the Opens or the Toyota Series as a co-engler is a great way to learn. That's kind of what I've been doing on the BFLs. I've been fishing the co-angle side for quite a while. And man, it's fun. It's a great way to learn the lakes. You know, most of the time I've had maybe just a hand, I've probably only had one or two guys that were difficult, but mm-hmm. majority of the, the guys are awesome, you know, awesome. I'd say 95, 97% awesome people to hang out with. Um, sometimes you're on fish, sometimes you're not. It's just part of it. You know, and, and sometimes
0: like even those guys that are difficult doesn't mean you can't learn something that day. Maybe it's not your most enjoyable day in the lake, but you probably still get, you know, see some new water. You see them do some things, maybe good or bad, that you can still learn from. So, like, if you have the right mentality, you know, maybe it's not the best opportunity for you to cash a check when you have right. a difficult situation, but it doesn't mean it's not a good learning day. And you can get into a BFL for, what, 125 bucks or whatever it is. Uh, like- it's 100 or whatever, right? But with your membership fee or whatever, a little over a hundred bucks per tournament, like,
2: sure.
0: I don't know where you can find a guide for less than 300 for a full day. <laughs> right. So like, it's a cheap way to get on the water. Uh, if you go in with the fact that you're learning like a guide situation and having fun. And then if you cash a check, it's all upside. That's the attitude you need to have.
2: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. You know, and, and if you get that boater that isn't the greatest boater you're at least gonna have, you're gonna you're gonna work on your self discipline, how to control your mind, you know how to keep a positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Gerald Swindle, but that's so important. Is you know things don't go, things don't go perfect. You know there's no absolutes in fishing, and every day's different, and you just gotta roll with the punches a lot of times. And usually, even with those guys, I've had some good tournaments with guys that were kind of, you know, not the greatest fishermen. They They tend to leave things open at times. And if you're paying attention, they'll be, even with really good fishermen, you know, I fish with some studs and they'll usually be a couple opportunities throughout the day. And if you're paying attention, you're going to, you're going to get a bite or two. So you just got to keep your, keep your eye on the ball the whole day.
0: Yeah, Eric, I've never really went skirtless, but... (laughs) on my chatterbait i don't know if you have but like well, I don't do it now. I was fishing for smallies i went with a really small minnow trailer and i kind of trimmed up some of the skirt and went to a three-eighths to give it a little smaller profile so i mean i definitely downsize my trailers but i definitely i haven't played around with like just going completely skirtless i definitely yeah. have had some chatterbaits where they've chewed the skirt off where there was only a few strands left so i, I know it'll work but i haven't done a lot of naked chatterbaiting how about you no
2: i've i've never went skirted either i got a friend that is a he traced his celtic heritage or german or whatever he was a skirt guy he wore the skirt around you know the what do they call it the lunan kegel or yeah kilt whatever he had he had some fancy name for it No, yeah i've taken the skirt off and just put a swim jig on or a uh, swim bait on there um but no i usually run a skirt Hmm. yeah i don't know grant like
0: I've skipped my chatterbait with a zako and with menace scrubs and lots of different, you know, arsenal tactical Middles. and I don't know. I haven't noticed a big difference on style of trailer as far as skipping around that cover, but
2: I, I typically here, here's my thought on on the jackhammer or bladed jig. Um, if I'm if I'm trying to imitate a bluegill, um, it's always going to be the the z crawl. Or the speed crawl, or something of that nature. And then if I'm if I'm mimicking the shad, it's going to be some kind of a swim bait, like a fluke, a you know some some minnow, some small swim bait or something. That's that's my two rules of thumb.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely see that. Like true. uh, So JP says skirtless is good in heavier grass. Now you definitely see in the redfish, people go skirtless a lot. I mean, it definitely would work. Um, Much appreciated, Tim. That's awesome. I got plenty, but just in case the pike eats one this weekend, we'll have a backup. (laughs) Yeah. Appreciate it. Tim, you've been around. You've been on the channel a lot. I appreciate you just hanging out and being active, and the dono is just over the top. So that's awesome, dude. How about you? You got any any BFLs or Toyotas coming up or anything?
2: I have – well, I'm – I'm doing the Mille Lacs trip coming up at the end That's of this right. month.
0: right. We might, we might, so in like two weeks, we might be uh, meeting up and getting on
2: the water, right?
0: That's the I plan. hope so, man.
2: I hope so. Uh, 11 hour drive. I'm going solo. I looked it up the other day. So I'm excited about that. And then I'll have uh, Truman Lake. The second week in June, a BFL down there in Truman Lake. And then... I don't know. I might jump in another Kentucky Lake. See, Kentucky Lake's only two hours from my house. So I've been kind of jackpotting some of those mm-hmm. just kind of, if, if I can get off, I'll go down there. Just, I've been kind of doing like a suicide drive in the morning. Like the last one, the tournament started at, what was it? At six. I had to leave my house at like 10 till 3 AM. So I had to get up at 2 AM. I drove two hours, met my boater at five tournament started at six fish till three fifteen. stayed around, for the weigh in, because I got a check and he, you know, I finished 20th. He got third. So I got some video of that. I wanted to get him get some video of him going across the stage and stuff. And I got back on the road at like 5 30, got home at 7 30. So that's kind of how I've been playing those Kentucky Lake BFLs, just to save um the lodging. You know, instead of paying 80 bucks for for lodging, I just drive down in the morning. So I got maybe a couple of those coming up too. I don't know. Those are fun.
0: Sure. Yeah. I I, I might. You know, jackhammer. But I might also just go like two or three customs or two or three uh, clackens. But uh, we'll see. Uh, I definitely did. So I went to Smith Mountain from the. I was out on the Outer Banks. We drove four and a half hours, and then we fished for eleven hours on uh, Smith Mountain Lake, and then we drove four and a half hours back in the same day. So
2: <laughs> it's hardcore. <laughs> I ha- I kind of have a loose rule where I like to f- be able to fish twice as long as my total drive time. That's a rule of thumb. Hmm. Yeah, but four and a half hours is is that's a that's a drive.
0: So, like you're talking about, so it's eleven and change to Malax from your house.
2: Yeah. Yep. So that means
0: my house is about eight and a half nine hours
2: to Malax or to from your house. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Yeah,
0: I don't know. So I'll figure that out. You're going to come up and fish the evening or we fish in the morning and then you fish the rest of the way or whatever. So,
2: yeah, I need to dial it in. I think I'm going to be leaving on that Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it's like the 24th or 25th. And I'll probably be staying to that Sunday. So the day before the holiday there. Yeah. just got a new sub.
0: Taylor All right. Funny. What's All right. up? Right, Appreciate it, Darius. But the, here's the trick, Darius. You got to go watch a couple of videos. It doesn't do any good just to sub. Unless you're going to check out a couple of his videos.
2: Yeah, yeah, check them out. It won't hurt. You might like it. Um, I dropped a pretty good one today, man. Um, just had a day over there at Cedar, and I was just talking about um, just the post-spawn. There was a cold front moving through and just kind of making some adjustments. You know, I went over there wanting to throw an S-waver and glide bait. That's one mm-hmm. of the one of the baits that I'm wanting to get some more confidence. And I threw it for an hour in, in areas where I thought I could go through with a swim jig and catch fish. I just wasn't getting any response. Well, I figured out that the fish had kind of moved out. That front was pushing through, and the air temps were dropping. It was raining, cold rain. I mean, I think the water temperature dropped like two degrees because of the rain. And um, so, basically, the video I dropped today is just kind of about uh, making adjustments and then just going through some different bait selections until you figure out something that that works for that day. Instead of being hard headed and staying with something and not getting bites
0: yeah you've been killing it you've been doing like two fishing videos a week for a long time putting me to shame like <laughs>
2: <laughs> you've had ice you know we just had that one little stretch of ice but I try to get out there as much as possible I man I'm trying to learn dude it's like you know one one thing that having a youtube channel and creating content is put me in a a position to to talk with people like you or when we do the live streams you know yeah. I have like uh, Mike McClellan, you know, um, geez, all, all, all these professionals that get on there and they share all this information. So you, you're you constantly learning new stuff and and you're, you have a limited amount of time to go out and try it out. So it, it just seems like any chance I get to get out there and try stuff. I'm just, I'm hungry to learn, you know, just, just out there as much as possible.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, that's been cool. Like this whole live thing for the last year, like <clears throat> getting to ask the question, like, you know, it's one thing to like watch BTL, And you're always thinking like, oh, I got like ten questions I want to ask like this guy. It was like, I have
2: on now, and I get to ask all the questions I want. (laughs) Yeah, and and the the guests, the people that are watching the show, can ask questions as well, and and you and they know that they're going to get you know asked for the most part. Yeah, you also watched the. uh, So you had Mark
0: Menendez on. I watched that the other day when I was working on some some video stuff and working on my fantasy article, Uh, and then he was on at lunchtime with Bateman today.
2: I saw that though yeah
0: it looked like I the same it. blue shirt though so i don't know it was I mean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey i only have a few shirts too menendez is is a really good dude um he you know he's been tournament fishing for 36 or 37 years he said yeah man it's a long time that's cool he started out strong this year and you know, we had a fifth place finish at the saint john's and then followed it up with i think a top 20 and he's kind of been struggling a little bit lately but i think he's going to turn it around on gunnersville and then he goes up north i think he's i think he does pretty good up north mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm hoping that he can get in that classic
0: yeah he uh he was back last saturday and then he did a wednesday lunchtime today so uh let's just question so here's so think about this gabe when you come up, what kind of fishing do you want to do? I mean, obviously you're going to go a bunch of small fishing with Ron, but like when you're down by me, what's, what, if you could pick a bite or two, what kind of bite would you want to get on?
2: I want to do that. I want to experience that little hair jig.
0: Well, well, you're going to get all kinds of that on Blacks, but I'm saying like down by me, which is probably mostly largemouth. Like what kind of bite do you want to get on that you don't get on back home?
2: So you got... You'll have a lot of grass. We can no. find grass if you want grass on grass. Hmm. I'll have to think about that. I don't know. Cause you know, I've got a lot of different bites here. Maybe, maybe just a good old fashioned flipping and pitching in a jig or something would be good. I mean, I've been doing a lot of moving bait stuff lately. We you can know, probably find which, a really
0: good dock bite somewhere.
2: That sounds good, man. Yeah. You can teach me that backhand <laughs> skip.
0: Uh, any tips on setting a Ned rig? um uh, hmm. I don't know. Just like a slow sweep, like reeling and like just kind of like leaning into them pretty hard and reeling the whole way. I guess that's kind of how I set the hook on a Ned. I mean, I don't fish a Ned a ton, but that's just my general like Ned drop shot. Yeah, setup.
2: That's the same thing I do. Same, just like a drop shot. You know, you I, I I just kind of pull over swim. and reel into them
0: are you fishing braid to floral or like straight mono or straight floral? Cause I definitely like braid to floral. And if you're not hooking fish, that might be a thing. Like if, if you're not doing braid to floral, I appreciate you Sycamore. Thanks for stopping in. We won't be going too much longer. Hopefully you get out fishing tomorrow. Uh, could be a frog bite. Depends. So it's going to be really like, it could be almost post-spawn up here by the time you get here where I live. But like Far- when you get up to Malax, the smallies will one hundred percent be on the beds.
2: That's what Ron said. I just talked to Ron today. Yeah. He's been there since last Tuesday and he can't fish. I think the opener's Saturday, Friday or Saturday. But he's been looking at them. and yeah. he's like, I think when you get the up here, you're gonna be full blown this spawn. Saturday, the fifteenth. Okay. Yeah, he said, totally. I think you're gonna when you get here, you're gonna be right in the middle of the spawn.
0: You're gonna see a lot of bass boats on the weekend. Okay braid to eight pound floral, and then I guess just make sure you're not fishing too heavy of a rod. I'm fishing like a medium, medium light, fairly slow action Dobbins spinning rod, seven foot. So, that would be the other thing. Make sure
2: you're not fishing too stiff of a rod. Right. You got an extra yeah. Dobbins rod?
0: You can definitely try some out when, when you come out. Yeah,
2: I'd like to, man. I, like I, got, so a
0: few, I got a few.
2: All right, cool. Um, uh,
0: What's up, Sean? Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. Glad you could make it. Glad the uh, BTL boys wrapped up in time where they can join in. G-Man was on uh, BTL tonight. So, Oh, really? Yeah. They did a 7 o'clock stream tonight. Yeah, I was pulling for G-Man. God. I was I- kind of pulling for G-Man, but I also had Wes Logan on my fantasy team, so...
2: <laughs> yeah, that's good. You had two. You picked the winner twice this year, didn't you? Didn't you have Brian yeah, New as well? and Wes Logan? I picked. Yeah. Yeah. I've been struggling, dude. My first two tournaments, I was killing it, and then it just fell off. But that's okay. You know, I had Brian New on my team this last tournament, and I think I had three guys in the top fifty. But Kelly J killed me, dude. I had Kelly J.
0: Yeah, I had uh, Bill Widler and they pretty much equally were terrible.
2: Man, it's hard. It's hard to get you know, all your guys, at least in the top fifty. It's just tough.
0: Uh having your channels, how would you like people to watch your show? Facebook, YouTube, or do- you know, honestly it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all about like uh helping people, right? And getting you know, sharing the gas, sharing the information, you know, whatever works for you. Um, you know, There I probably make a few pennies (laughs) on YouTube because it's monetized, but like whatever. Eventually my Facebook will probably get monetized too. But like it it doesn't. I don't know. I just I like the interaction. I don't really care where people watch it, to be honest. You can watch it on Twitter if you want. (laughs) Yeah, I you know, when Mueller caught that big one, um I thought he was gonna for sure. Like I thought he would get that call. Like it was really weird watching the Neely Henry. At, I had it on at work while I was working in the office that day. And, like, with two hours to go, the bite shut down for everybody. Like, I don't feel like hardly anybody had a meaningful catch in the last two hours. Like, the weights just locked in. And it really felt like if anybody – there was, like, three guys, if they could have got a two-and-a-half to four-pound bite, about three or four guys could have won that tournament. But literally nobody got a good bite in that last two hours
2: yeah I, I was watching a bash university with gerald swindle and he it was just a little blurb a little free blurb that you get on youtube and he was talking about throwing a buzz bait and how people you know would bend the blade so it would run to the left so they could mm-hmm. bang it into the, the dock or bend it to the right you know and you got three buzz baits one that's straight one that's right one that's left he's like you don't need to do that he's like you you can steer the train with your rod. You got a seven, seven foot two, seven foot three, seven foot mm-hmm. four rod. Just hold it out to the side. It's gonna it's gonna encourage that bait to go towards that rod tip. So you can actually move on a long cast, you can move that buzz bait three foot one way or the other. You know, if you sure. need it to go this way, just hold it out that way. It was pretty good little clip.
0: Yeah. G Man I mean, what Brock, yeah. But yeah, it's cool. I don't know. It, was, it wasn't a great, like a huge tournament, but I thought it was a fun tournament to watch what I did watch of it for the most part. And uh, Gunnersville, I mean, the last three should all be great. Gunnersville should be good tournament. Some guys are going to catch them. You know, the first day when they just they don't know who to pick to put on live, it might be a little bit of a crapshoot, but once they know who's catching them, it should be a really good live. And then when they go up north, they're just going to smash them. So
2: yeah, man, you know, fighters like, looking. <clears throat> Fighter's looking real good.
0: Yeah, I have my fantasy article coming out here on Bassmaster really? any day, and I pretty much like i i don't I don't see it <laughs> like I don't see how he's not going to win it. Like mm-hmm. unless he literally like has mechanical failure, or me picking him this week on Gunnersville curses him. That's about the only <laughs> thing that can stop him at this point from winning AOI.
2: What, what's he? Is he got what sixty points on Patrick Walters? How much does he got on him? Yeah, like um, it might it, actually I might. Have, it's a he decent lead, so even if he falls off a little bit on Gunnersville, you know he's going to make it up up north.
0: Well, that's the thing, but he's like the last four or five times on Gunnersville, he's top ten. Yeah, so he's forty-one points ahead of Walters, and he's sixty-one points ahead of Mosley.
2: Okay, gotcha.
0: Yeah, and then Paulnick pretty... is pretty much tied with Mosley. I mean, so it's pretty tight. Like once, like third through. Seventh, so Mosley, Paulnick, Christy, Johnson, Welcher, even Hackney, like it's actually pretty tight down, like through the top 10. But he's got, I mean, like 40 and 60 points is a lot. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you put up a 90th, it's not a lot, but if you start if he just top 20s the rest of the way, he's almost uncatchable. Yeah. Unless you know, he gets top 20s, Walters almost has the top five every single event.
2: He's so good around grass. When there's grass involved, he just he just has that stuff figured out. It doesn't matter what lake he's on.
0: Yeah, I just don't. I mean, I honestly think his weakest tournament will be St. Lawrence out of those three. Hmm. But by that time, he may have actually extended his lead. Right. Because he'll fish Gunnersville and uh, Champlain. So I, th- I would say... Champlain, strongest, next strongest, Gunnersville, third would be St. Lawrence, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, he's going to be fine. <laughs> I mean, he's got, like you said, he's going to have something mechanical failure, something like that. I could see really hurting him, but I think he's fishing so good right now. He's going to.
0: Hopefully, he can buy the right fishing licenses, doesn't get like any weird, like Josh Douglas type, <laughs> like buy the wrong license, have to throw your fish back type scenario. Like, so. Yeah, cool. Well, dude i think i'm gonna wrap it up we're a little over two hours um you and i can talk offline about when you're coming up here and uh but uh if you guys haven't checked out gabe's channel tin horse money especially if you're like in that central part of the country and you fish like missouri indiana kentucky illinois like he does a lot of stuff that should apply to what you do so definitely worth a worth a worth a watch of a couple of his videos
2: yeah man come check it out appreciate and, uh, it. you
0: guys got here late watch the replay youtube facebook catch the podcast uh, search hella bass Um, otherwise uh, always here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.